Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast with your pals Tom and Neil. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing okay. Uh, yeah, the, the weather's weird, right? It's like 40 degrees today, but it's supposed to plummet to single digits in a couple days. So I'm on call for work, so I'm hoping that it doesn't snow too much, because if it does, I have to plow snow. Oh, were well, you going to get caught in that big storm? That, that uh, I don't uh, think hit. so. I think it's going to go north and south of us. I think we're going to be okay. Oh, okay, that's cool. But... Um, I've already, you know, I have I have an on-call schedule, of course, for work. And I, uh, like, Monday night, I think it's all this power going out. All these, like, consumers. We have this consumer's energy here in Michigan. They suck so bad. So we lost a bunch of power, and then we had, I had trouble with one of the generators. So I was out to, like, maybe 1030 at night. Not bad. But what have you got to do with the power? Your sewers, aren't you? Well, yeah, but we, we have to, we have these essentially lift stations that have to pump water uphill. Oh shit! Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. Oh shit out, is right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, it's only about one percent shit. It's mostly water. But anyway, <laughs> we uh, just like this show. <laughs> well, and most, exactly. Well, and most of them have generators, but we. I had a couple. I had a problem with the generator, so I got home about ten thirty. Okay. So Tuesday night, I go see Chromags, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Get home about eleven thirty. I go to bed. My phone rings at midnight. Oh. And I leave the house just to left after midnight and i got back in bed at 3 30 oh fuck was it the same kind of thing yeah it was a real pain in the neck and then uh, yeah got up and two two a little over two hours later and did it again so so when they call you out in the middle of the night like that yep. um you're still expected to be at work the next morning at nine or whatever eight thirty. well I, I mean I, I i could i could come in late or whatever but the fact of the matter is i'm out there making time and a half i really don't want to give it back <laughs> yeah 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 gotcha uh, you know, I tell the new guys when they start, and there's, you know, we're not a big organization, but I say, you know, there's, there will be at least two nights a year where you are up all night. Hmm. It just is what it is. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that's my, so I did get through the night. I did get a couple calls last night during the night, like one at three and one at five, but I didn't have to actually get out of bed and I've gotten pretty good at like going back to sleep. Jeez, it's not normally like that, though, is it? You don't normally get that many calls. Last when time you're I was on call, call, I didn't get anything. Yeah. But you know what? Christmas is coming, dude. Daddy needs a brand new everything. It's fine. So, so you're making up these calls, then, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I will say there's been times where if I, I've had to go to a social engagement that I didn't want to go to. And I'll be like, dude, call me at, like, 8 o'clock. I'll be ready to get out of here by then. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, that's my life. The life of the, the exciting life of the intrepid sewer, uh, sewer, sewerette. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. I, anyway, it, it's supposed sewer to. Till I die, sewer till I die 77 at Gmail. Punk till I die 77 at Gmail. And, of course, the Facebook group continues to grow. It does. Like a the, fungus. The power, the power of Heather. I guess. I guess I yeah. Up with the power of Heather, the power of Matt, the power of the queers again. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been cool. It's been so welcome anybody who's relatively new. Well, and looking at our um, looking at our uh, Podbean feed, who they host our podcasts, um, the Jeff Clayton ante scene was by far our most popular episode. Almost doubled anything else that we've done, at least that I have uh, that I have statistics on. At least since we moved from the punk news. Yeah. Feed. Yeah, the, we couldn't get in. Really? That I mean, that's great. I love. I thought yeah. it was a great episode. I love talking yeah. to him. But that that, uh, huh? That's yeah, it's cool. almost it's almost double. It's almost double to anybody else. Even Blag was, you know, uh, you know, a few hundred off of uh, off of the 
anti-scene one, which was interesting. It's good. That is a, yeah, that is yeah, interesting because Black was great too. They were all they were all great. It's been and once again, knock on wood because I don't want to jinx us, but I feel like it's been a while since we had a real dog. Yeah, Lydia is trying. No, go away. I don't want it. Go away. Take it away. No, I'm on the podcast. How can I eat fucking baked beans? Take it away. This is Take so it away. professional, Neil. <laughs> she said they have it in front of me with a plate full of baked beans. <laughs> oh, you burnishing your freaking beans. Beans Weirdest... aren't food, dude. It's a side dish to eat with hot dogs. <laughs> Weirdest thing ever. No, beans on toast with a fried egg on top. Can't beat that, my friend. Wow. Especially especially if they're the curry baked beans. That was so good. That is uh, that does not sound that good to me. <laughs> you Americans. What are you I gonna guess. Do? What are you going to do? No, what were we saying? Uh, oh, yeah, Matter. Jeff Clayton. Yeah. Yeah, popular anyway, one. Punk.i77 punk at Gmail. Punk.i podcast on Facebook. And Welcome to the new people. What else? Let's, yeah. let's play a song. Well, let's no, no, I'll, I'll done. In, in regards to that, though. Um, okay. New people, if you want stickers, just uh, drop oh, us an yeah, email. Yeah. Just drop yep. us an email, and we'll be happy to send you some stickers. Um, and... If you want T-shirts, if uh, if you'd like any of our merch, uh, just go to loudpizza.com and uh, I think look on the, I think it's the apparel section or something like that, but they have T-shirts in black or white, our classic logo. and slip mats. Yep. Are they, no, not yet. But we do, oh, slip mats, I'm sorry, I thought you said sweatpants. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dude, if I get any fatter, it's the only thing I want to be able to wear. I'm going to have to get rid of my jeans, I'm just going to be sweatpants all the time. Uh, yeah, so they have t-shirts, slip mats, and, uh, and mugs, I believe. Um, yeah. I looked into getting koozies, but they're actually ridiculously expensive per, you know, if you think of those stupid little koozies. Um, they're kind of ridiculous, the per, our, per cost our, price. Our buddy Aaron, who's in the Chicago area, I think he's in Chicago, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. He and I haven't got back to him, so that's bad on me. Shout out to Aaron. Aaron's a great dude, but he designed some uh, Hawaiian shirts for us. He did. No, I know these are not going to be for everybody, but I love these things. I got to get some of those ordered up. So when I'm down in the Dominican Republic, tanning my pasty white punk ass, <laughs> he I means can, burning. Uh, <laughs> I can uh, have a cool uh, punk till I die uh, Hawaiian Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, he sent so us a- anyway, this is something we're going to have, I, and, and I, I don't know. At least I don't know. If we're going to do like a like a large quantity thing, but yeah, if you see a large bald man staggering around in the Dominican Republic wearing a punk till I die Hawaiian <laughs> shirt, it's probably going to be me. Yeah, he did a couple of different designs for us, didn't he? In a couple yep. of different colorways. Um, yep. I wasn't crazy about him, but I think you liked him more than I did. Well, I just, I, you know, I, I never wore Hawaiian shirts. Hawaiian shirts to me were like wearing sandals or something. I just would never do it, you know? Sure, sure, yeah. But I've kind of, I don't know, I've kind of loosened up on it. Um, it's you know, been... there's that Simpsons episode. I always quote the Simpsons. Yes. Homer made, met a new friend, voiced by John Waters. And uh, he said, only two kinds of guys wear Hawaiian shirts. Gay guys and big fat party animals. <laughs> and I guess I've become at least one of those two things, so... Uh, I'll, let you, I'll let the listeners guess. <laughs> Tom, Tom, the big fat party animal. <laughs> We're going to put that on the T-shirt and your next name. <laughs> I'm not listen, dude. You, know, we've, it's already been proven. The last couple of episodes, I don't even go to watch the bands. I just go to drink and socialize. Yeah, there you go. Yes, and that's the way I like it. And act disinterested. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So let's play a song. You want to play one, or you want me to play play one? Um, because I don't remember what I picked. So. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking at the list. Yeah, you know what? You should, you should play the Furious George song. <clears throat> so I had no theme. Because it kind of fits, no, right? I had no theme. I had no plan for picking out songs today. Okay. 
I'm not in my Pillow Fortress of Solitude today. I'm in my back room in my father-in-law's former giant leather chair. And uh, I can – my one wall is like CDs to my left. And I'm sitting kind of – I can see the Fs and the Hs and the <laughs> as they kind of go down. But I just saw the Furious George album, which I think was on Lookout, but I might be wrong about that. But for those of you who were ma- maximum rock and roll readers in the 90s, George Tab was one of their – I think he was – I think his column was called – Please kill me. You remember that one, Neil, or was that after your time? It was after my time. Yeah, but, I stopped, uh, I stopped yeah, getting maximum. He was, maximum he was a New York guy. Time. He had a band called uh, Furious George. They were kind of like a. They were kind of like a just like a straight up punk band. His voice wasn't that good, as you'll hear here in just a minute. Um, but they had uh, one album called Furious George gets a record. I think a couple singles, and this was one of the highlights of their brief career of Furious George. This is uh, Betty Crocker, punk rocker, Neil. Furious George from you New never York, heard that, huh? No, I never heard of the band. Never heard That's the song. A great name for a band, actually. Furious George. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he used that monkey guy, the book guy. Of course, he did. And probably got sued. I'd imagine. I doubt it. You have to sell records for people to notice. For the uh, for the for the uninitiated in other countries, uh, there was a famous bunch of books over here called Curious George. Featuring a monkey, kids' books. Did those not uh, make it over over the pond, as they say? At least not when I was a kid. Of course, I was a kid back in the days of. Yeah, when, I mean, I mean, when you were a kid, you know the. Uh, Here we go. Little House in the Prairies books were new releases, Here right? Here we go. Here we go. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I remember when the Bible was uh, exactly. first first edition. Neil's yeah. actually got a side copy of the Bible. <laughs> that would be good. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, Furious George. Okay, so they broke up. They only had one album. I, they did one album, yeah. I think one full length and a couple singles. All right then. But they were they were uh, they were kind of fun. Never saw them. Never saw them. Okay. Well, talking about seeing bands, you went to see somebody this week, right? Why don't you tell us all about your excursion? Well, unfortunately, like I said, I'm, I'm on call, so it wasn't my you know I didn't get to be my normal self, and I actually watched the band through completely sober eyes, which is is okay once in a while. Why you didn't drink uh, at all? No. Wow. So where was it? It was at the Pyramid Scheme, downtown GR. Oh, cool. And um, how crowded was it? Um, less than 200, I would say, but a respectable crowd. How, how that place... I would guess 150. It holds 400. I went okay. to Crozier Conformity the other day, and there was 400 there, and it sucked. 
Oh, because it was so full. Okay. Because it's too uh, crowded. Yeah. So this was a good crowd. It, and the thing is, too, the other thing that was, so the band I went and saw was the Cro-Mags. They are touring with no other bands, so all the lo- all the bands playing with them are local. And I was shocked at how young the crowd was. Hmm. It was all young people. I mean, there was a, there was a few oldsters there. It was probably 20 of us that were, you know, over 40. But, uh, yeah, it was a very young crowd. And uh, I got to tell you, man, Harley's, Harley Flanagan, of course, is back in control of the Cro-Mags. He's in his mid-50s. I think he's his 55. Dude looks phenomenal. Yeah, he looks like a weightlifter. Well, he is a weightlifter, right? I mean, he looks. I mean, he's a skinhead, you know, and yeah. he's just got this giant tattoo all across his chest, and he he does jujitsu or something. Okay. But he's a phenomenal performer, a great uh, motivational speaker between songs. Oh boy, plays bass was, and sings, was, right? Yeah, he does, and yeah. he, and he's got a great voice too. Actually, kind of a soulful voice. I always, you know, of course, the first Chromags album, the cla- the classic one, uh, Age of Coral. Had a different guy singing, John Joseph. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I never was super crazy about JJ's voice. You you like that record or are you not a big chrome guy? Too metal for you? I've tried numerous times because people always rave about it and it's just too metal for me. Yeah. I just can't dig it. Yeah, and, and I do think Harley's voice is a little easier to swallow than JJ's. So Interesting. But anyway, after the first after the first album, they made it, the next album Harley sang on it was called Best Wishes. Came out in I think eighty nine. The first one was like eighty six. And I actually, that was the first Chromatics album I ever heard was actually the Harley-fronted version of the band. Hmm. Um, so I always liked that. I always liked his version of the band. And, they, you know, of course, they had like this spat over the last few years where they were fighting over the name, basically. And at one point, it was like Ario Speedwagon. There was like two different versions of them on the road or whatever. I remember that, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Harley's got the name clear, and they, he's got a great band. There was nobody else that I knew like I didn't know any of the other guys in the band, because hmm. um, I because I think on the record Rocky George played. I don't know if you remember Rocky George. He was the black dude from Suicidal Tendencies, great guitar player. Don't remember him no. But uh, anyway, it was it was cool. It was a fun show, but it wasn't like a. You know, like when you know I come to Chicago and we make a weekend of it. It was literally I rolled in there. I think I got there like quarter to nine, and I was out of there by you know eleven o'clock or something. I just. Kind of flew in, flew out, watched the show. Bought a seven inch sign. Bought a seven inch sign by Harley. Oh, that's cool. Did he get to speak to yeah. him at all? I did not. I didn't okay. really try. You know what's fun? I'd love to have him on, man. He really does seem like an interesting guy. He uh, you know he, he, he I was talking about the storytelling and you kinda of rolled your eyes, but he really was good. Mm-hmm. A good storyteller. Even though at one point I think he made I think he almost cried. Wow. Which <laughs> the funniest part was he's telling a story and somebody apparently like up front was talking too loud oh no he's like <laughs> he's like you interrupt your mother you interrupt your mother when she's talking like that i'm like oh he's gonna go down there and beat this guy's ass it's yeah because be he has a reputation as being a um having a short fuse right i think he's I, I think he's kind of over that. He seems like, he, of course, it's funny, too, because he's like, oh, you know, I grew up in the streets. I committed a lot of violence. I'm not proud of it, but this song is about that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but no, it was it was, re- it was really good. It was uh, it was it was fun. I had never seen them before any version of the band. So hmm. it was cool. But yeah, you know, like I said, it was, you know, I rolled in. I couldn't get a decent parking spot. So I was par- parked in a freaking division, which sucks. And I, uh, yeah, watched the show. At my, I, I got a good, uh, good friend and a, his friend. There's three of us that go to a lot of these heavier shows, and uh, 
yeah, I rolled out there solo, went to the show, came home, and yeah, I went and worked the sewer for four hours in the middle of the night. So wasn't Alan supposed to go with you? Wasn't he supposed to meet you? Yeah, with Alan him? got tied up with some work stuff, Dr. Disc. Okay. Well, that's a shame. So, so yeah. yeah, it's too bad. I always like seeing Alan. I find I it. I mean, Dr. Disc. I, see, I don't know if he cares if we use his name or if he. I think it's I fine. I mean, I Alan, Alan like is that. pretty anonymous, my friend. It's not. I don't like know if he's trying him. to like, but he's trying to like, like a proprietary name, like you know, like Tom Traum. He's trying to get his proprietary <laughs> name out there. Anyway, Alan, Alan Disc. Um, yeah, Dr. but anyway, Alan no, Disc. I did. Unfortunately, I was not. I talked to him a little bit, but I was not able to meet up with him. It's 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 unfortunate because he's in town for a conference, like thirty five miles from me. Thirty oh, wow. miles. From me. Okay. But uh, that's all right. I'm sure we'll catch him next time in Chicago, which I don't have any idea when that's going to be, but probably so, spring. So who were the uh, opening bands? So the opening band was some local kids who I know two of the three of them, actually. They're called MDOP, uh, M-D-O-P, Malicious Destruction of Property. Oh, boy, okay. I think it stands for. They played a spazzy type of power violence that you would have hated. Okay. And then they have a song called Boomer Punk's Fuck Off which I'm pretty sure I'm a boomer punk by their standard. I'm pretty sure anybody over 30 is a boomer punk by their standard. Hey, MDOP, you can suck my balls. Well, it's funny It's cuts. funny because, like I said, I know a couple of these kids. And they're nice kids. I mean, I'm sure I don't agree with them on much. I mean, they're they're always, you know, anti-capitalist. And, but, you know, a lot of these bands, you can be anti-capitalist if you want. I don't think you're in any great danger of making any money with these bands, a lot of them. So I think it's pretty safe for you to be anti-capitalist. So when you but, say kids, how old? Uh, probably late 20s, actually. Okay. Like so. I said, they're nice kids. I'm sure I don't see eye to eye with well, them. Well, apparently, they're, apparently things, they're not that nice. Well, <laughs> it's just, well, it is, it is, a, you know, it is the irony of, you know, without, you know, for risk of sounding triggered, you know, by, because I'm not a boomer for one thing, but the, but the fact of the matter is, I love it when young kids look down their nose at people who've been in the scene forever. I mean, they just because we don't, because just we jealous. don't see things like, they're we just don't jealous. see things exactly the same way. Well, I, I don't know if they're jealous or not, but they are. I can guarantee they are. I can guarantee. It's just, and actually, it's just, I'd like. I'd love to have one of them on because I'd love to have that. But it's I'd love typical to have that conversation. of the young. It's typical of of, of punk rock self destructiveness. Rather than you know trying to work together on something, they you know I think the younger punk and hardcore kids often see people our age who have been in the scene for 30, 40 years as the enemy instead of, you know what I mean? Instead of being sensible and trying to kind of work together on something but whatever it's fine so the only ist that they uh, that they are they they're i'm sure they're anti-racist they're anti this they're anti that yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. Are, they have extra, extraordinarily ageist it sounds like so that's good well maybe if we told them that we occasionally wear a skirt we could slide. <laughs> yes, I, I go, I go but anyway it. you know it was it, so i didn't i didn't mind them they played 20 minutes good so which honestly because they're so well, you're awfully angry considering you didn't see them at all, Neil. I'm a- I'm angry by, by how you're really taking this boomer you're really taking this boomer punk thing to heart because you're actually like like you're like the last year that's considered boomers, right, or real close to that. Oh, mm-hmm. I am, yeah, yeah, I am. But, but um, but it is it is kind of like I said, it is kind of uh, interesting to piss on the people who you know have supported this this scene for a bunch of years, and and I don't know. Like I said, I know these kids; they're not bad kids. I don't I don't I don't think they mean anything by it and uh oh, they clearly do if that's the name yeah. of the song and they do take themselves they i think in some ways they do take themselves pretty seriously but yeah it's but it is it's the folly of youth right to think that 
to to think that you're smarter than everyone else, despite the fact that we've lived through some crap that they just are just starting to live through. You know, that's just the folly of youth, man. More than anything else, they don't so. know their ass from a hole in the ground. Pretty um, much, that's that's the that's the. Funny you know, the worst thing, thing is, it. you get to be our age, Neil, and you wish you didn't. You wish you didn't know you did seen your ass in a hole in the ground. So. <laughs> anyway, I'm not quite sure what that means, but okay. We'll <laughs> but it was it was yeah it was it was a it was an interesting show, man. It was really uh like I said, he talks a lot. But, quite a bit and it was uh but man he's he's like a spider monkey he's like climbing up on top of the speakers and stuff and do you ever see you saw did you see motorhead i assume you saw motorhead over the years i've never seen motorhead no oh you didn't see motorhead well no. you're probably not gonna now buddy spoiler alert <laughs> um, no, no like, it wouldn't be surprising if like some uh it's like the third drummer or something decided to yeah. form a spin-off version of motorhead well it's funny the, the classic trio from the like uh from like the overkill slash ace of spades day they're all three of them are dead yep. but the later like second classic lineup that bass player and drummer are still alive but who do you who do you uh replace them with well listen who do you if, replace lammy with if one of the guys from thin lizzy could reform thin lizzy without phil line it um yeah i guess yeah, i guess sure. it could be done <laughs> never Actually, never, be right? good. matt freeman from rancid what to play <laughs> He's a bass player and he sings kind of like Lemmy anyway. He'd be good. Oh, I thought like, you meant to. I thought you meant to play in Thin Lizzy. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'd be good doing that too. No, Matt Freeman would be good. Would be good yeah, if they went from Motorhead back together. He'd yeah. be, but I, I hate that when they do that anyway. Yes. I was doing. Oh man, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I was reading this Rolling Stone article, which in itself is a problem. Yeah, but, that was your first mistake. Well, they're so oh, so biased and such garbage. I mean, it's it's so bad. Like, it's, they, talk about somebody with no credibility, right? Hundred percent. Literally gone back and redone reviews that they got so wrong, right? 40, Fifty years ago, never visionary. You know, never never visionary at all. Still not. But uh, it was about how bands like Leonard Skinner and the Allman Brothers can keep going with no original members. And was it a pro article or a game? Well, it's just there's a version. It's just it, here's the thing: the the families, a lot of these artists are all for it. All wonder why because it keeps the money coming in, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. So like Leonard Skinner right now has the original guitar player Gary Rosington and the brother of the original singer. And that's it. That's it. Hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I hate to dissuade you. I know you're interested in going to see them, so I don't. <laughs> they might play to. Taste of Skokie next year. You know. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, exactly. I wouldn't want to miss that. Yeah, they definitely are a county fair act at this point. And well, and they've sort of uh embraced I mean they're they're from Florida. I mean they they they, they Florida is it Florida? That's an Alabama, wasn't it? It's was an Alabama. Something like that. Well anyway, they're they're southern of course, so they sort of latched onto that, you know, God and guns and freedom yep. crowd. So, so, so here's an interesting question for you. So which yes. is which is better, you think? <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is all over the place tonight. Um, a band like that where that might have like one original member or one original member's brother or something, but they tour as that band. Or mm -hmm. um, a tribute band who are obviously just all huge fans of the original band and they might have some stupid name that's you know kind of similar but uh they're doing it for the love of the music like which one do you... you mean who would i rather go see leonard yeah. skinner or give me three steps a loving tribute to leonard skinner sure <laughs> you came up with it perfectly well it's it's funny <laughs> it's funny because like there's a there's a couple of because the tribute bands what the tribute bands do that the regular bands don't do so if you go – and I don't know if this is the case with Leonard Skinner, but for example – so my wife is a huge Bon Jovi fan. I don't know if you know this about her. I think you might uh, I have mean, said that before, yeah. 
at one point for Mother's Day before the pandemic, I bought her. You, you bought a John Bon Jovi. You came yeah. to your house. <laughs> well, I bought tickets to see Bon Jovi, and she was so excited. I bought her for Mother's Day, dude. They were nosebleed seats. They were like 150 bucks. It was at Little Jeez. Caesars in Detroit. We we're gonna go with Scott and Tammy, our friends, and make a weekend out. It was, it was good fun, you know. It was, it was her yeah, Mother's yeah. Day present. And uh, anyway, it got canceled. And now she's like, "Oh, we'll never go again." And I, I'm seeing all these videos where he can't sing anymore. Oh, that's a shame. So Bon, jo- bon Jovi can't sing anymore, like a lot of them. And not only that, but they're still putting out new music. And the fact of the matter is my wife wants to see Bon Jovi, but she wants to see Bon Jovi that stopped existing in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah, she wants to see him do with all those all those so uh, classic can, hits, so, right? So really, and, and it's not the same, obviously, and she doesn't enjoy it. We don't go see these bands, but she really would rather see Wanted Dead or Alive, a loving tribute to Bon Jovi, <laughs> than she would want to see Bon Jovi. <laughs> And there's a Metallica one, and I and I, and and, and I'll, we'll talk about this in a second, maybe. But there's a Metallica one too that only does like the first four or five albums, which is what you want to see. Right? Which is what I want to see, yeah. yeah. So, but I, I don't know. I just never got into them. I, I mean, I, I remember like when I was a kid, we went and saw the Back Doors or whatever or these, like this Doors tribute band or whatever. And there might be, you know, like Pink Floyd doesn't play anymore, so there's these Pink Pink Floyd tribute. But but man, you. You're paying, you're paying for these tribute bands. What I saw to see Pink Floyd, you know. Oh, yeah, but that was thirty years ago. So yeah, that's true. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that today because um, I just saw over the last couple of hours that Susie Sue is going to be playing her first I saw concert that. in ten I saw years. That. And <clears throat> a, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she won't be doing any of the classic Banshee stuff. I mean, who knows if she'll even do It's just solo, right? That. She's not doing a Susie and the Banshees thing. She's just doing her solo. It's, it, it says she's performing. It might be with musicians. I mean, session musicians. Who knows, right? Um, but here's the problem. Just like you said about John Bon Jovi. When she last performed 10 years ago, she her voice had gone completely. Hmm. It sounded terrible. It's funny because she had such an unusual voice anyway. It wasn't like she was a, <clears throat> an opera singer, you know? She was right. a... She was so, a kind of unique gate. So that being said, I would much prefer to go and see Lizzie and the Banshees, who are a loving tribute to Susie and the Banshees <laughs> in England. I much pro- uh, much prefer to go and see that rather than see the uh, see Susie crank out, you know, some third rate slow cabaret version of some Banshees classics. Because I did see Susie and the Banshees twice in the early eighties. So I think eighty one and eighty two. I saw them. Um, huh. Eighty and eighty. Were they good? Uh, not particularly. No. There you go. Um, not particularly. She would get. She, I mean, she had the she had the uh, reputation as being the ice princess. And you know, when you go and see a band, you know, people are shouting. I thought out. that was. I thought that was Bjork. <laughs> well, no, she's just mental. Um, <laughs> people would shout out. You know, you go and see a band. People shout out song titles and stuff. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, she upset. seemed to take it as a personal insult when people would do that. So she'd actually start like <laughs> yelling at people. Mm. And telling them to shut up and stuff when they were. She's not quite as intimidating as Harley Flanagan. I doubt she's going to go to the audience and start beating people. But no, she had a cutting tone, though. You know, when someone <laughs> called out for Helter Skelter or something, she go fucking Helter Skelter. <laughs> so you know, it was uh, that was that was pretty funny. But also, I saw today, um, and I didn't know it was at first. I saw, I, I guess it was like an Amy Winehouse tribute. Because the because mm. the woman from the back, she had her back turned to the audience at first, and she looked just like Amy. I mean, just mm. like Amy. Um, and I was like, "Is this a is this an old video of Amy playing at a pub or something?" And um, and then she turned around and started to sing. And 
It wasn't and, good. <laughs> and the whole thing was shot right then because you. Did you ever see Amy see Winehouse live? You're of course I, a big, big Amy Winehouse fan. No, yeah, yeah, I know. Not, I, no. Yeah, I love Amy. No, I was uh, been over here and uh, and I missed that. I got a couple, a couple of autographs that I bought, but uh, yeah, I yes. never, I never saw her, unfortunately. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, it's funny that whole well, tribute maybe band. Maybe they'll bring back a like a what they do it like they do a deal where they have like the hologram. Dude, her father was talking about doing that. Her I'm not father... doing that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to see that. I mean, I'm not an early adapter anyway. You know that about me. I'm not a technology guy, but right. yeah, I'm not doing that. Her father, the complete scumbag that he is, um, didn't make any money off her back at all. Even you know, he was pimping her, not pimping her out, but he was you know <laughs> making her do gigs and stuff when she was obviously you too, said, too sick you to said... do them. You, you know, said what you said. It's I funny. did. No, but that's what I meant. I didn't mean sexually. I meant he was he was making a do gigs when yeah. she clearly wasn't able to perform. Um, but anyway, was that? Um, it was one of the punk news when uh, when the classic lineup on punk news used to be on there. I remember Adam talking about that uh, that Dio thing, and he was saying if they're going to do it and you're going to have a hologram of Dio. You might as well have him like fifty feet tall. I mean, what's the oh, point? Oh, he was big. He... he was very big. Over he he towered over the guitar players. Yeah, he was like five foot tall in real life. He was a yeah. no, but like you said, you know, like you said, if you get if you're gonna do that, then make the thing like fifty feet tall, so it's like terrifying standing over the audience. <laughs> He's pretty terrifying anyway. Was that the classic lineup of me, Adam, and John, or the yes. classic lineup of Ricky, Adam, and John? Yeah, we, well, I all I remember was it was Adam saying it. I don't remember if you were. I think you were probably there too, because I don't think they would have been talking about Dio if you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah. To be honest. Well, yeah, I, I did not. I never had any control over the what was talked about. That was sort of an issue, actually. Hmm. We'd we'd have a little show prep, and it'd be like, we're gonna talk about this and this and this. And Adam would say, Adam and I would say, we don't really want to talk about that. And and we would hear, okay, we're talking about this. I'm like, okay. But you know me, I can usually talk almost about anything. That's true. Yes. Matter of fact, we had we had, we didn't have a lot on the agenda today, and we were like twenty minutes deep, and we've talked about Leonard Skinner. Uh, <laughs> Thirty minutes deep. <laughs> <laughs> you better play a song, yeah. Play a song. All right. Um, I'll tell you what. So I had something sent to me right out of the blue a couple of days ago. Mark McGill, who was a uh, uh, plays guitar yeah, and sings, the, the I believe. Singer from Sugar Ray. No. <laughs> no, he actually is from Liverpool. He's from my okay. my hometown of Liverpool. Um he was in any, any number of bands, I think like oh, he Walk the Plank was one of his most famous ones or something. Um but anyway, he reached out to me and said that he is um he's got a new band with uh Mackie from Blitz. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So Well, he's got to be like 65, right? Yeah, he's yeah, I'd imagine yeah, early 60s probably, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so he sent me the, he sent me the MP3 of the first single. They just put out the first single, and they've got an album coming out next year. So um, I'm gonna play that because it was it was really good. So the band is called Rivalry, and uh, this song is called Satellite. So this might be the first time it's been heard out there. I'm not quite sure, but anyway, yeah, this is Rivalry with Satellite. <laughs> Shopping, pop shopping, kickstarting history. Put 
Okay, rivalry there with satellites. And what may or may not have been a premiere. We don't know. Yeah, we're not quite sure. But yeah, but Mackie was, uh, well, obviously he was one of the main guys in Blitz. So So there you go. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. Love that that, that Voice of a Generation album is uh, definitely one of those must-have type albums. Oh yeah, definitely, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, So So you haven't gone to any shows right now? Or you have? I have not. Uh, yeah, so Mark's, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, go, 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 going back to what I was just saying, Mark's newest band was oh, Down, Down and Outs was his most recent band, but he Down was in, enough. but he was in a band called Walk the Plank. And, uh, mm. yeah, so Rivalry appears to be a three piece with Mackie and Mark and a drummer. So anyway, sorry. Well, Mackie he, plays guitar and Marky plays bass and sings or is it the other way around? Uh, Mark plays guitar and sings. In fact, I don't think there was a bass. I think there was. They, I think they both played guitar. There was no bass. I don't think. Interesting. Yep, no bass for you. you know, huh. Like they did in the Tramps, right in the early days. <clears throat> so, okay, that boy. There's a there's a segue for you because I, I was curious about this. If you had been paying attention to this, so the new series on the Netflix Wednesday, the series about Wednesday Adams. Have you watched this, Neil? I tried to. I put it on. Uh, a couple days ago, and I turned it off after like thirty seconds. Really? Yes, sir. What? What? What, what turned you off? Uh, the guy playing what's his name? Who's the father? What's the hell's his name? Oh, uh, Guzman, Luis Guzman. Yeah, he looks like a frog. I, well, I, yeah, but I that's what the—that's what the original comic book character looked like. Yeah, I, I just didn't. But yeah, I, I mean, so I so I have no problem with that. It, but it is an issue where you have Kath, Catherine Zeta-Jones playing. Morticia, and she's way too hot for Luis Guzman, obviously. Exactly. Well, yeah, Even though I'm, she's all gothed up and she's getting a little older, she's still a very attractive woman. Well, she Even, still didn't look like Morticia, I mean, to me. I don't know. But, well, the thing is, in real life, she's married to Michael Douglas. I mean, he's basically a skeleton, a sack of bones <laughs> at this point, right? Isn't his dad still alive, though? That's what's terrifying no, about he it. He died relatively recently, though. He's like 100, wasn't he? Did, is, are you sure he's dead? It's like him and Chuck Connors fighting to be the last <laughs> man standing. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Wow. Only okay. the good only the good die young, you know. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Go on. Anyway. But anyway. Uh it's it's see it's, here's the thing. I love the show. I thought it was great fun. And it you was about a show. The ori- you talk about the original show, right? No, no, I'm talking about the Wednesday. Oh, I thought it was a movie. No, no, it's a series. Oh, it is. Okay. I think there was eight episodes and they were Less than an hour each. Um, but it was the rare series. My 15-year-old daughter and I watched it together. Hmm. So, but the, but the reason I'm coming back to that, because you mentioned the cramps, there's a scene where she goes to a dance, and I'm I, I'm kind of curious that you haven't seen this because it's become a phenom, um, where she dances to Teenage Goo Goo Muck. It's not Goo Muck. Goo Goo Muck. Just Goo Goo Muck. Yeah. Okay. Just Goo Muck. And the funny Goo-goo-muck thing is... By the which is interesting because I didn't know anything about that song. I knew the song, of course, but it was a cover. Yeah, it's a cover. Yep. And it was. I, was, I actually read this little article about this guy who would, was given this song, like somebody gave him this song as a like to pay off a debt, and like now he's making money off it. So well, that's cool. But yeah, she does this kind of gothy eighties dance to uh, Goo Goo Muck, and all these kids are going insane about the cramps. I'm like, you know, it's weird, right? But I mean, it, it, part of me is you have to feel good about kids listening to the cramps especially kids that are otherwise going to be listening to some horrific horrible face tattooed rap music yeah definitely no i i agree with you there so um, more cramps kids maybe i should play a cramp song 
I think I've played the cramps before on here. I'm I pretty, think I have two. I'm pretty sure. I think I, I might have played Bikini Girls with machine guns or something, but I can't remember. Did you see the cramps? I never did. No. Okay, I saw them a couple times. I don't really remember ever having an opportunity. Yeah. It's I, funny though, right? Because like I, I was just saying, I, I just saw the Chromex for the first time. Meanwhile, this is a band that's been. I, I don't know how I never saw them before. Right. They were constantly touring, but I don't think they ever came to GR. And I never was in a position to go see them in Detroit. You know, it's a pretty big time commitment. Now, as a kid, I'd run to Detroit, come back, still go to work or whatever, like a maniac. But now I'm old. If I'm going to go to Detroit, I'm probably going to make a weekend out of it. Or yeah, no, that makes that makes complete sense, actually. Yeah. They're, I think they're at Reggie's. I think they were at Reggie's last night in Chicago. Yeah, they. I know they were playing. They're, I, in, they're doing Detroit on Friday. Yeah, I, would, I just wouldn't have been interested in driving to out of my way to, to to see that i'd kind of be interested to see them i guess just because they've been a name in the scene for yeah so long well, like i said but... they're real good they got a lot of lead left in the pencil man they're good they got they're high energy a lot of lead in the pencil so it was the interesting ba- interesting thing too once again and this is just an observation <clears throat> I don't know, but uh two black guys in the band okay one of the drummer and the one guitar player um, as a matter of fact, Harley was telling the story about the drummer having a heart attack on stage and being dead for like four and a half minutes. And he was kind of, that was when he was kind of like breaking up and the drummer, this big black, came up behind him and like gave him a big hug. It was, it was pretty weird, man. Hmm. But okay. he was saying, he was like, you know, he's like, never give up. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, we lost a lot of people, the, a lot of people, the suicide and everything else. He's like, you just don't know. You don't know what tomorrow holds. And it was really like. Wow! Like, dude, this guy should be like a counselor or something. Words to live by. Punk well, he's like, die. he's like, listen, man, I didn't grow up middle class. My mom was a hooker. And my dad was a junkie. <laughs> okay. Well, and he started playing the stimulators. He was like thirteen. Right? Yeah, yeah. You see yeah. pictures of him at the CBGBs. He literally didn't even have a freaking pubic hair yet, and he's sitting at the CBGBs. You know? <laughs> yeah. Pretty wild. Um, but talking of heart attacks, yeah, Waddy just had one on stage, didn't he? Yes. In the least surprising news to come out of the punk rock world, in the. Uh, <laughs> Because he'd obviously had a bunch of problems before, but it, it was it's too bad because it seemed like he was really on the mend. And it looks like they got a bunch of shows booked next year, so that punk rock bowling uh, performance now looks like it might be in jeopardy. But yeah, in jeopardy. They for haven't sure. canceled anything for next year yet, but right. They canceled all the stuff for this year. I I never saw the exploited. I know a lot of people love to mock them and whatnot, but I I freaking dig the exploited man. I I would like to see him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess if he's going to die of a heart attack on stage, it should be the show I go to. Stay true to their roots, of course, you know? Shit, they never yeah. never, never sold out or anything like that. So, well, you know. some of their later albums got a little medley. They did kind of. Right. But uh, Well, maybe your it, friends, maybe your little friends over there from uh, whatever the fuck they were called, M-Bop or whatever they were called, maybe they should go over to uh, Waddy and call him a boomer punk. Mm, see, see, what, see what happens. See what happens mm, when they do bop. that. Yeah. yeah. That'll be good. Yes. That'll be good. So um, I was supposed to go see the Queers last week. Uh, yep. I had, it was a it was a rescheduled show from August when they canceled in August, so they made it mid December. Uh, I had tickets, but it was one of those things, man. Where I, it was a two hour drive back from work because of construction and an accident or something on the road. And uh, by the time I got home, because um, Top Gun Heroes were opening, so I wanted to get there close to the beginning, which would have been seven. Yep, I and saw I there did, was four bands total. Yeah, and I didn't get home from work till like after six, so it was it like I'd have to down there. Yeah, I'd have to, and then it's another hour drive down into the city, and it was just there was no way I was going to do it. So sorry about that, Joe. 
It's funny because you're not as much of a cheapskate as I am. I'm a cheapskate. And one of my tricks to make sure that I go to the shows, I always buy the tickets in advance if I can. Of course, you already had tickets, but you paid for them so long ago. Exactly. I paid for them in July or something. But But it's like if I have tickets, I will go. I will go. But I've definitely had those days where... I was supposed to go down to Kalamazoo. It's like an hour drive. I walk out of the house, like a single snowflake call falls from the sky. I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going. Yeah. Turn right back around, go inside. Yeah. You know? And and I would probably be the same way if the ticket was expensive. But if it's like a fifteen dollar ticket, I yeah, you know, I, yeah, it's almost worth my while not to go at that point. Well, and especially if it was going alone. You know, if it was, yeah, if it was meeting somebody, it would have been different. Yep. So anyway, yep, that was that. Didn't well, go. Maybe maybe next time. Um, and I'm not that huge of a quiz fan at all, to be honest. Uh, I, I, in fact, in fact, if I had gone, <laughs> and you know this, Tom, if I had gone, I'd have probably yep. stayed for the Capcom Heroes, a couple of other bands, and then maybe seen like four songs by the Queers and then left. That's probably well, the problem been. was it was another band between the two, and I've never heard them. They may be great, they may be terrible. I don't know. They're called Don't Panic or something like that, right? Yeah, something Don't Panic. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a, once again. I mean, you know, promoters know this. Three bands on a weeknight, guys. No more than three bands on the weeknight. And Unless you're going to do like these hardcore shows where everybody plays 20 minutes. But even then, get your crap off the stage and get the next band on. Oh, and if you're going to do that, if you're going to have like four bands on a weeknight, maybe you have to, you have to start at no later than seven. Nah. Maybe just, like... ne- there's just no, never four bands on the weeknights. Three bands on the weeknights. That's it. What they seem to want to do at Reggie's, though, like we've talked about before, is they seem to want to have the three bands that fit and then they'll have like some local band that maybe has a tie to like the owner or something yeah i don't know who the, i don't remember who the opening band was they kind of a name that didn't inspire much confidence but because i mean we saw some things this year remember at reggie's where there was just like you know the three uh, the three bands that all fitted and then there was like one i think one... you're actually thinking last year last december last when december, we saw the cruise twice last clears, december yeah, yeah and both nights had atrocious opening bands <laughs> yeah like, like, like the local version of the linda lindas and <laughs> yep. and uh all right well yeah yeah boy that makes me think of something else neil that really see i'm just i'm, I'm I have no organized thought tonight but i have a lot of thought it's like we haven't had a long conversation just you and i lately so all right, I'm going to play another song. Go ahead. I don't know which one. Okay. Well, Cro-Mags, of course, because you're just talking about them. Oh, that's right. I need yep. Cro-Mags. From the Grave, I believe, was the song. From the Grave. Oh, we're going to play a new one. Yeah, yeah. So one thing, when John Joseph had the Cro-Mags, they never put any new music out. Like, literally, we're just living on that first album, basically. Mm-hmm. And a couple over the years, there was a couple of reunions. They did one called Alpha Omega, and I can't remember what the other one called, but they were so awful. Just such terrible music. This was been mid late nineties that really I was I was gun shy to ever listen to any new Chromags. I mean it was so bad, dude. I can't even tell you. It was like they were trying to do new metal or something. And uh but since Harley's got the name back, he's been cranking out music. They got two new seven inches and a new full length, and it's really pretty solid. Probably a little too metally for you, but really uh cool music, you know, kinda like crossover hardcore type stuff. So, yeah, this is one of his uh, new songs. This is a title track from one of the new Seven Inches. So, check it out, man. New Chromex.
All right. New Chromags there. That song was called From the Grave, I believe. Right, Tom? Something like that. I can't remember. From the Grave. Yeah. It, well, and when I say new, I mean like, you know, 2019. <laughs> oh, is that right? It's not It's not like brand new. It's not like brand new, no. There's been an LP. Now, they didn't have any of the LPs for sale. They only had 7 inches. And they had the Stimulator 7 inch, which I probably should have bought. He had assigned them all, but the 7 inches were 15 bucks. Hmm. I'm still I'm still struggling with sticker shock. I realize it's not 19, 1989 anymore, and I can't buy $3 7 inches off the table. Unless you go see Borsa Sprinkler. He still sells this for like 2 for 5 bucks. Of course, it's probably stock from like 1995 still, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, now you can uh, you can normally talk you can normally talk yourself into that though by figuring out that you're helping to support the band, right? Well, that's Keeping it. You know, ten, the, well, and it's you know the ten inch the ten dollar seven inch is where we're at right now. You yeah. know. Yep. But uh, anyway. Well, I know that I know that uh, I know that Matt was getting a lot of grief from some people for that eighteen eighteen dollar um yeah seven inch with uh, anti scene and. Sloppy seconds on right. Yeah, but, and then sloppy uh, seconds and queers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a double, double, uh, double sided picture disc, and yep. I think he said his. I mean, he's really not making a. It's not like he's becoming a millionaire on those eighteen dollars. Well, no, because there's there's a little bit of profit on each record, but maybe a dollar or have, two. He had to that. drop. He had to drop ship them from like Czech Republic. Like he had to have them shipped from. I mean, it's just it's just not a. Yeah, there's no. If if you think he's doing this to move himself, he's already got two homes, several cars. I mean, he's already Dude, that's very wealthy. Not, that's not helping. Yeah. No, no, but he's yeah. This is not. You this should say he's living gonna, on the street would be a better thing for you to say. It, well, this re- I'm saying these records are not going to put him in a different tax bracket. It might be a write off at the end of the day. We'll see. Right. But uh, anyway, yeah. Darn it, Neil! I had a thought, but I lost it. What were we talking? Uh, I don't know. We played the Chromags. You said I think it sounded like you had something else you were going to talk about, uh, and then we played the Chromags. Well, we had something. We were headed down a certain path, and I forgot what it was. Uh, yeah, we'll get back to. Was it with the queers we were talking about? And uh, I don't know. Reggie's. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you, uh, stimulators? No. No, it was before uh, that. Uh, before that. Well, maybe maybe it'll come back to you. Um, probably I wa- not. It was probably the greatest segment we'd ever had, and I totally just slipped my mind. Totally blew it. Uh, so yes. I, I had some interesting topics of since the last time we talked to each other. Um, okay. I think I'd said I was buying a new turntable, right? Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so I've that. heard you had some turntable nightmares. Yes. Me in. So I was... Wait, okay. this is going to be like under the... This falls under the boomer punk uh, first world problems category, I bet. <laughs> oh, it does. It's one, of, it's one of the nice things that we can't possibly afford. Nice things. See, guy, Mbop, once you get older, you'll want to have nice things. Well, no, you know what? We say that. They're probably fucking well off and they probably all got nicer iPhones and cars than I do. So yeah, I don't want to fucking that. hear it. Either. I think they're working class, but so are we, you know? We just have been doing it longer. <laughs> bunch of little pricks. Uh, so... Yeah, so uh, the turntable I have, it's a good turntable, uh, Project uh, W Carbon Evo. It's a great turntable, but it's everything is manual on it. And so mm. basically what I wanted, and like Lydia wouldn't play stuff on it because it was too, she didn't want to scratch records because everything was manual, right? So. I mean, you shouldn't really be able to scratch. I mean, it still has it up and down, right? I mean, it's not like you're, or was it, yeah. you had to set the thing down. You have to, you know, you have to, you have to turn it on. To make it spin, and then you then you pick up the needle and you put it down. I mean, she would do it by hand rather than use the little up mm. down damper thing. Okay, 
But anyway, so I was like, I'm going to look for an automatic one. There must be, there must be, I must be able to get an automatic. <clears throat> it does everything, you know, just like the ones used to. When it comes to the end, the needle picks up and goes back into the... Yep, mine yeah. does. My, my, my Sony that I use as uh, yeah. my daily players, so that's a, yeah, sure. So I was like, oh, I found one. Look at that. A company called Andover. And it was the Andover Audio Spin Deck Max. Made in Germany. They... They talked up a really good game. It was about it was about six hundred, six fifty, something Ooh. like that. Um, now, now you can get it on Craigslist for one hundred and fifty bucks, guys. So I was like, so I was like, you know, up. no, God, no, 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 no. Wait till I get into this; it's good. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it, and it's going to be my new turntable, and it's going to be great. I had good reviews and stuff, so I ordered it up from Crutchfield, and I love Crutchfield. Crutchfield are fantastic. I can't yeah, can't stuff. say enough good things about them. Um, so it comes, and I install it. It feels now it feels really lightweight out the box. I was like, this is weird. It feels like there's something missing because my my project is probably fifteen sixteen pounds. This Andover felt like it was like two pounds out of the box. I was like well, that's kind of weird. Normally, an expensive turntable is normally pretty heavy. Because they want it, you want some weight in the thing. You want yeah, some that heft audio in the technica thing. I bought from you is heavy. Right, right. You want some heft in the thing. Sure. Um, but I'm like, okay, well, you know, it gets good reviews. Let me put it together. So I put it together, and sure enough, the automatic works. It's great. But then Lydia looks at it and she's like, "That's not straight." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" She goes, "The platter isn't straight." And I looked at it, and she was right. The platter was uh, like, the platter. This was is like, your new one. That you yeah, just got? yeah, yeah. So the platter was like uh. at a 20 degree angle. Angle. And, oh, maybe that's the key to good sound, you know. And I was like, okay, well, that's weird. Okay. So I get on the phone with Crutchfield. And Crutchfield's like, oh, yeah, that's not right. Uh, send it back and we'll send you another one. So they send me another one. <clears throat> send the first one back. But they sent me the first one. I mean, they sent me the second one, you know, as uh, up ahead. So I had both for, for a minute. Sure. Um, so I put together the second one. Second one, the plot is straight. So that's good. So the first one was a mistake, obviously, or a problem. Sure. Put together the second one, put a record on, sounds great, everything's working, automatic and stuff like that. Uh, get up to walk, you know, to walk to the kitchen, record skips like a bitch, oh. like, like repeatedly. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Um, maybe so it's, it's not a, doesn't even have weight on the arm or something, huh? Yeah, I'm like, well, maybe it's the record. I'll put something else on, something I know, on, you know, another record I have that, that I know is good. Put that on, sure enough, every time I take a step. The thing is, like, skipping, like, it's like, wow, the, the, so the sensitive. fucking bouncing, right? So sensitive, so, huh? I was like, well, that's not right. And as much as I didn't want to, I'm like, I'm going to have to return this one, too. So I get onto Crutchfield again. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, you know, we just got your first one back. So I'll tell you what, we'll send you a third one. We only have one left, but we'll send you a third one because there's well, obviously a problem with that. I mean, why would they think that another one would be different? It, it, it's just weird. Is the tone arm not weighted down enough well, or what? That's another thing with this thing, right? Everything was automatic on it, including there was no counterweight. Well, there is a counterweight, but you can't set it. Like on most, you can screw it like counterclockwise or, you know, Well, that's a, that's a higher end feature. I mean, you don't get that on a lot of them, but yeah. For someone like $600, you would expect it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You get it on the higher end ones, but most of them you buy, you know, you ain't going to best right. buy and buy oh, a turntable like yeah, that. Yeah. So the guy was amazed, but he's like, you know, we'll send you out a third one. Well, well, no, he says, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I really like the, I don't see any other automatic ones, you know, apart from the super cheap ones. So I send me another one and we'll just see if that was. If, You're like, give me, send me one of the suitcase ones. <laughs> yeah. So he sends me another Andover and the third one 
is exactly the same as the second one. It skips all over the fucking place. And when I look, I even bought some little like anti-vibration feet thinking that would help and didn't help at all. But when I look at it, as I'm walking by it, I can see the whole turntable move. It's not just the needle. It's because the thing is so fucking light, right? The whole turntable is moving. Um, so you look down the bottom of the box. There's like a piece you didn't put on. <laughs> no, that was that was what it was. So I returned the third one and got my money back. So what did you did you pick out something else? No, I went back to my project debut carbon. Which you didn't like? Um, no, well, the only reason we didn't really like, you know what? I mean, I mean, listen, dude, you live in one of the, you live in the third biggest city in the United States. There has to be a good high-end audio place that you can go play around with them a little bit. No, it's actually fine. You know, I was like, you know what? I guess I don't mind the manual thing. I guess I don't mind it so much. It's fine. Lydia's not going to be here forever anyway. So That's great. It'll keep your daughter from playing all your records. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true, too. Now, the, the, the thing that annoyed me the most about the Project W Carbon it had the it had this little like hanging counterweight on like a thread that you hang over. It was kind of fiddly, right? And mm. uh, and if that fell off, good luck getting this counterweight back on this tiny piece of thread. But Lydia put it on there for me, and we like taped it down, or somehow she got it so it doesn't move anymore. So that was cool. So that's not going to come off. So uh, the Project W Carbon, I and it's also very upgradable. There's certain things you can buy for it to help weight it down even more. Uh, not that that was ever a problem without this one never had a problem with skipping, but, uh, you can buy like a, instead of the plastic spindle or whatever, you can buy like a heavier aluminum spindle or whatever. So anyway, I did a couple of upgrades to it and it sounds fantastic and I love it. So I'm back using my original one again now, but it's been a month of fucking, of, uh, of hell on uh mm. for my turntable. So, but anyway, Crutchfield were fantastic. Can't say enough good things about them. Yeah, I remember the, my dad getting those catalogs when I was a kid. I hadn't heard that name for a long time, actually. They answer the phone immediately. It's someone in the U.S., you know. Um, mm. And uh, it, it's it, not they, Steve. Hello, my name is Steve. How can <laughs> yes, I help you? Yes, yeah, with a yeah weird click and yeah, waiting <laughs> ten minutes on hold or something. Yeah. Um, no, they were great. They gave me my money back or did the swap outs. Or, you know, all I had to do was take the. They'd send me an RMA form, and I would print it out and slap it on the box and take it back. So, huh. um, Boy, yeah. they lost money. They All they did was spend $80 <laughs> shipping you stuff. And, That's right. So, But I did, buy, like I said, I bought some of these uh, I bought some of these upgrade parts for my project from them to make it up to them. So, well, it's, uh, you know, so it's funny, a little more turntable talk. Once again, this is, I don't know if this is interesting to anyone or not, but my uh, daughter had been using like a cheapo turntable. I don't remember what. Like it was Crossley or something? It was like that. It wasn't a crossing, but it was something like that, you know, because she, you know, when she lives in an apartment, she just moved and, but her record player is a piece of garbage and, and she buys all these, her records are super expensive. So I'm like, yeah, you can't be playing that. So I bought a turntable from you that I haven't hooked up yet, but I'm going to give her my automatic Sony. Mm-hmm. And I bought her this clips speaker that is meant for turntables to hook up to, but it's just like a one piece, hmm. you know, it's kind of like a slightly elongated, like shelf size and mm-hmm. she can hook up to that and go straight into that but i'm just dying i have it in the box course and i'm just dying to hook it up because i want to know what it sounds like because this might be a really good option if it's you know you have a limited amount of space are you giving it to her for christmas yeah I'm giving it nice. To her for christmas. nice yeah gift, yeah so yeah so but the, I, and i don't know like i don't know if i should you know my sony turntable is not that expensive i don't know if i want to update the cartridge or anything or if it's 
I mean, like a good cartridge costs as much as the freaking turntable, you know? They can. Not I even mean, a good one, a pretty good one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's I mean, be, I there'll be numerous. About, yeah. I remember you talking about the the price of some of your cartridges. I'm like, holy cow. Well, that one that I wrecked almost immediately as soon as I got it by, <laughs> by, hitting, by hitting the arm and making it go But the cartridge was more than most turntables. There are a lot of turntables. Yeah. I think that cartridge was, uh, yeah, at least a couple of hundred. Yeah. So anyway, once again, first world problems. Neil, speaking of first world problems, why don't you play us another song? Okay, I am going to play a song by a English band. I don't know how new they are, but they're still going, certainly. And new got, to us. And I got turned on to a couple of uh, new English bands by uh, by our good friend Ben from Leeds. Hey, Ben. And uh, Ben was on episode 200. He was. He was He was one of the... He was from Bradford, actually, not uh, Leeds, I think. Anyway, um, this is a band called The King Crows. And mm. this song is called Young Guns of Nowhere Town. And it's got a kind of a clash feel to it. So, uh, mm. yeah, enjoy. Young guns, young guns, young guns of nowhere town. Young guns, young guns, young guns of nowhere town. Come 
So that was the King Crows there from, uh, I think they're from the north too. I don't know if they're from Leeds or somewhere up there anyway. But uh, yeah, King Crows with Young Guns of Nowhere Town. That's a new single they put out this year, I believe. So huh. uh, yeah, they're good. They, they're good. I mean, I'm going to, like when he suggested them, I'm like, King Crows, what is it, like a goth band or something? And no, they're a straight ahead 77 style punk band. So, so better than the Black Crows? Uh, yes. Even though I have friends at work who... Uh, they're really into the whole uh, festival thing, and they love the Black Crows. It's interesting. Yeah, it's funny because the Black Crows came out like at the end of sort of like the hair metal era. Yep. But they were always more like a jam band. Yeah, kind of more like a, with the Almond Brothers and all those stupid jam bands. Yeah. What's But the only thing better than a hit is a hit that you can play for 16 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are my friends who love – well, one of them follows widespread panic around and the other guy uh larry he goes to see uh he goes to the des plains theater he's the one that goes to see all like the one remaining member of dokken or the one remaining member of uh you know michael schenker group or something you know so your friend your your friend mark who you skated with down he was down in florida who helped us out a lot when we first got started with your with the logo and whatnot he's he's a widespread panic guy right Yes, he's he's actually got probably the most eclectic music taste of anyone I've ever met. Yeah, because I, I know he likes Sabbath, and he likes yeah, yeah. he was all over the place, right? He is, yeah. But but uh, he yeah. goes to see these. I I kind of you know we're friends on Facebook, and he kind of does these vague posts where I don't exactly know what he's talking about, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's talking about like going to see Widespread Panic for like three or four days in a row or something. That's what he. Do. I don't know if he does that too much anymore, but I know he used to do that. They used to yeah when Widespread I, I mean, Panic. I mean, I would, I would, I would rather. I mean, good for you, Mark. I hope you enjoy it. I have no, you know, I have no problem with what other people enjoy, but I think I would rather probably spend the weekend in the drunk tank at the county pen <laughs> than spend three or four days watching widespread panic. But it might be about the same length of time, to be honest. Different strokes, different strokes for different folks, you know. Well, he shows me. I mean, the widespread panic. I guess they do these like residencies in towns or something like three or four nights or whatever. Sure. And uh, you know, everyone's bootlegging it and they're broadcasting it or whatever and, oh and then they could trade all their horrible tapes later exactly like but, that, but and then they have like posters i guess like some artists do like special posters for these huh. gigs and the posters end up going for like hundreds or thousands of dollars or whatever because they're limited and you know wow that's more surprising than tool <laughs> yes, like yes. the biggest the biggest band in the world well, it's funny, right? I mean, that's it, like I said, different strokes for different folks. But yeah, they definitely have followed the Grateful Dead model. And, uh, you know, with the dead not being there anymore, somebody has to fill the void of thing is mark's not like a, a big drug guy i don't i don't know i would think you'd have to be stoned out of your gourd to be very entertained by that but you know um he's not anymore i have the feeling that maybe he used to be a lot more than Oop, he is spoiler now. spoiler alert yep. sorry mark <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so uh yeah i mean we used to have fun back in the back in the skating I mean, I, days I think back I would in the early 2000s about baby's arm what the, about a baby's the, arm what I'd have to smoke a joint the size of a oh. baby's arm to go to a widespread panic show. <laughs> Be passed out. Be even more disinterested than you are at a, at a punk show, right? Yeah. Exactly. I'd take my sweatshirt off and swing it around in the air. <laughs> there you go. Hi, this is Mary of the Shangri-Las to tell you a bit about dating courtesy. A girl is right to assume her date will perform little acts of courtesy which are his privilege. If you are smart, you will allow him to open doors and hold chairs. Don't barge on ahead like a baby elephant. You'll get attention all right, but it won't be favorable. It is correct to pause and let him know you expect him to act like a gentleman. He'll love it and think you're a lady, and in return it will flatter his masculine ego. That was a good taste tip for you. Now here's something else. 
so so speaking of show so okay we've been doing a lot of year-end year-end wrap-up and of course i think our very last year-end wrap show will probably be our, like our favorite lps of the year because that's because we're geezers and we still like the lp format even though i wonder how relevant that format Boomer really punks, is anymore. fuck off exactly <laughs> how about millennial punks little pricks gen z the millennial punks but anyway so uh so yeah i thought we should do a little year-end wrap-up of like our top five live gigs or something that we saw in 2022 well i don't think i'm going to as many shows as i did pre-pandemic i feel like there was a i saw a lot of bands for the first time this year and there's a lot of uh what saw some cool big like big shows yeah, when you suggested us doing this uh, yesterday or today or whatever, um, yep. I had a hard time remembering. People love lists, Neil. People no, love lists. But I had a hard time remembering all the shows I'd been to this year and what was this year and what was last year. Because you already said I already mis- mixed up one that was in December last year. And I mixed it up and thought it was this year. But um, I came up with a list and I had about, I think I went to about 25 shows, I think, from what I can see. See, I, I don't not have, have all, that. I, I do not, not have, have that information in front of me. I need my big giant calendar that I have on my desk at work. Okay. Well, so do you have a top five? Yeah, I think I have like top five or six. I put some notes in, and and they're kind of. I didn't really necessarily rank them because it, the weird phenomena that I will say is I don't know that the best shows were the ones I had the most fun at. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, when I came to when Lombard, yes, I met you and Uncle Marv came with me, and I met you and uh, Rick, and I had the most amazing time. I that was so a, that much, was a great. Yeah, I've got that one on my list as well. That I had so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I was heroically drunk by the time the Dead Boys went on. <laughs> yeah, heroic is a good word. Yeah. So I, so I, so I, it's kind of hard to say. Man, it was a masterful performance, but but I sure did enjoy it. You know. Right. Well, it was a great it was a great lineup, and to remember to remind people what it was, it was uh, Chicago's own po- Poison Boys. Yep. Um, then Susie Moon. Yep. Then the Briefs, and then finishing up the night was the Dead Boys or whatever. What what passes for the Dead Boys these days? Which, by the way, did you the see, Dead Boy? Did you see that they're fucking touring Australia and New Zealand? Sure, they are. How the fuck are they when they couldn't finish a tour of the U.S.? Why how, do why doesn't why doesn't cheat at this point? Because he knows he can't do these tours. Why doesn't he just bring a stand-in? So at least they can play. <laughs> yeah, a lot, I mean, of, a lot of stand-ins already, I think. But well, yeah. if you're, but if we're being honest, he hung the briefs and Susie Moon out to dry. He did because they had to finish the tour. When you book tour. a six-week tour yeah. and then you can only make it less than two weeks into the tour, yeah, because of your back pain. Whatever, yeah. But yeah. why why would you book a tour of Australia or New Zealand? It it just seems. I mean, it's a, it seems like a wonderful place, place to vacation. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, know, I, I actually know a couple of bands and one of them was like uh andy from the eradicator we had them on early on we had i don't know a couple of years ago chicago's own the eradicator yep yep and it was like i don't think they even made any money but they like they were able to go to australia you know well my point being though if he really does have a bad back like he says sitting oh, on a yeah. plane for 24 hours or whatever it is probably is not going to be the best thing for your bad back yeah. Well, so, uh, it, what, whatever, man. I, I, I don't. Well, once again, we 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 we're unfortunate because we have some really pretty good in, information about the cheetah crumb situation, but that we really can't 
we really can't divulge it. It would be pretty funny to make it to Australia and then he cancels all the gigs. But, but let's just say that we, as much as I respect what Cheetah's done musically, as a human being, it's he's a little harder to respect. Uh, so, so anyway, that was that was, I guess, on both of us top five gigs of the year because like you said the dead boys performance i didn't think was particularly good but the rest of the night was fantastic and see i thought the dead boys were good but once again i didn't i hadn't seen even the like version that you saw a few years before i hadn't seen them so i really didn't have any baseline right and like i said i was just the songs are so good man the The song you know hearing those songs played live yes at the end when and you know i'm just like staring at cheetah's hands while they're playing uh you know their last song they played was ain't it fun it was just so good man Mm -hmm. yes anyway so that would have made both of our lists um so what else was what else would have made your list for the year so interestingly enough see once again and, and i would probably if this would probably be like number six maybe that black flag black black flag <laughs> black flag's actually better than black flag at this point yeah no you, no doubt yeah by the way they're, do you see they're, they're playing again did you see that they're playing chicago again who oh black flag or black flag black flag <laughs> didn't know oh. black flag was a thing black flag. No, black flag black flag is a thing it was the uh it's one of the guys who was one of the early uh dead kennedy's singers is hmm. the main guy from black flag and they play it's called a fabulous tribute to Black Flag, and they play the Black Flag songs better than Black Flag does now. And they, uh, it's like uh, it really is like gimme, 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 gimme some <laughs> more. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's a, it's a gimmick, obviously. Well, the, the anyway, Black Flag, is Black playing, Flag guys, check them out if you get a chance. They they're playing they're playing some theater in Chicago I'd never heard of before in Avondale, yes. and they've got no. They're playing two sets. So they got no oh, other bands. On. They got no other bands playing with them. They're playing two sets themselves. You gotta be kidding me with this. They don't want to split. They don't want to split any of the money up, my friend. They, so I, I, so I'm gonna go ahead and you and say that I'm gonna I'm not coming up coming down for that one. Yeah, I, I think up, I'm gonna know. give that one. A, I think I'm gonna give that one a miss. I mean, what is this for the crossover audience between widespread panic and Black Sabbath <laughs> or Black Flag? I guess yes. Two sets. <laughs> You get to hear Greg Ginn blast atonal five minute one note solos. Over songs that otherwise would be just okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh, there you go. Anyway. It's brutal, man. Brutal. But but once again, okay, so once again, what I was going to say about that was I would probably have that fifth or sixth on my list because, once again, had a great time. Yep. You know, even though they were brutal and the middle bands were especially good and really had a had a great time. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put like that at like five or six. I don't know. I can't remember. I should pull my list up. So yeah, that was a, it was it was so me- where's it was that? A, I mean, it was a memorable night for sure. Yeah, maybe memorable is a better way yeah. to to put it. Yeah. Um, other highlights, and once again, you know, all these shows were good. None of them were really transcendent, but also had a great time at the Circle Jerks Seven Seconds Negative Approach Show. Yeah, that was like the I said, Vic. Yep, at the Vic, and it wasn't. None of the bands, Negative Approach, I thought was the best of those bands. None of the bands were amazing, but it was like the the some of the parts. The some of the parts was uh, I don't know. It's just when you added it all together, it was kind of felt like a special kind of event, right? Well, it did because um, if you remember what we did before the show, um, you met me. You, you guys met me, and uh, I drove us down, and we went to. 
Duke of Perth, right? We went to Duke of Perth and we yep, were having dinner in there. And then, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, Dr. Disc. Yeah, again. met up with Dr. Disc. He came in. And then the DUIs guys came in. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's so, right. That's so right. it was like we had a whole corner of uh, Duke of Perth like, yep, to, yep. Our, to our rowdy selves. That was actually yep. pretty funny. And then we walked around the corner to the Vic. And uh, like you said, um, none of the bands were great. I enjoyed Seven Seconds. Uh, yeah, I, I did too. I, I very much enjoyed them. And I don't mean to say that they weren't good. It just wasn't. The best thing you'd ever seen, right? Well, it's you know you always hope for you, and I use the term transcendent. You always hope because once in a while, because obviously we're geezers. You, I've been going to shows for thirty some years. But you've been going to shows for forty some years, so it's pretty hard to blo- knock our blocks up, you know, right. knock our socks up at this point, right? Right. But you always once in a while you get that little bit of a, a your hair standing up on the back of your neck thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it happens pretty rare as we get older, but you always hope for that. And I didn't get that. You know what I mean? Right. As much as I enjoyed all the bands. And I actually did get that a little bit with the Dead Boys. But once again, it's harder to drink at the Vic than it is at than it was at the Brower House. So, <laughs> yeah, I, th- was... I, I think the hair rising on the back of your neck was just because you were heroically drunk. I think that's what, they, what that was going on there. A couple um, of those riffs, man. You know, the Circle Jerks are so propulsive. It's so much faster, so much, you know, it's not... Great songs, had a great time, but it doesn't have that uh, it's kind of soul-shaking riff that the Dead Boys are capable of. I was trying to remember, did I did I wait for you guys afterwards? Because Circle Jerks, I kind of lost interest about halfway through the set, and I, I went, I went upstairs. I think you might have went upstairs. I did, yeah, and I saw Daryl from uh, Bell Weevils up there. I think oh. the girls stayed down by me, but I can't remember. Maybe they didn't. I don't. I don't remember. And then what did, what did we do afterwards? Did I just drive you guys back to the hotel? Well, your Lydia had her friend, and no, I slept on your floor, your apartment. Oh, it was that's like our right. Last, it was right next to like, the apartment. Yeah, it was the last hurrah at the bachelor pad. Remember, that's we had the right. air mattress, and we couldn't figure out how to blow it up. I literally <laughs> slept on your. That's right. I was like a homeless, like a squatter, <laughs> a pair of idiots. Yeah. And I had a I had a family commitment or something the next day, so I literally got up and we went and had lunch i think and i just i don't even maybe we didn't even maybe i just took off i think we went at lunch or something and i just took off yeah left, left yeah for breakfast or something yeah it was not my greatest night's sleep but i because <laughs> so because so, i had actually been in chicago the week before with my wife when we went to another show that was fairly noteworthy i don't know the bands were your favorites but we also had a great time that was the flatfoot 56 flatfoot 56 uh huntington's 500 miles to memphis show that's right yeah, that also was kind of on the periphery of my. Yeah, it's funny, man. My list is falling apart. I can't find it for one thing. I thought I had my phone. Thanks, <laughs> one. And you can, I'm sure you can remind me of the ones I missed. But the other one for me that I must say, so those were all Chicago shows. So I came to Chicago four, five times. I think five times this year, and pretty much every time we managed to go to a big. Mm-hmm. You know, big show. So I enjoyed all those. But the other one I got to see on Saturday at that Savage Mountain Punk Fest. Oh, that's right. You went to that, yeah. That was like nine bands, which is a lot. But man, that was really good too. Blank seventy seven, forty five adapters, uh, submachine. So that was my other one that was on my list. And I'm, and there was a bunch of them that I really enjoyed. I saw DRI again. That was great. I saw Crows of Conformity, Chromags. You know, a lot of Agent Orange. Exodus, Death Angel, a bunch of bands that I'd seen a bunch of times before that I really enjoyed, but those were the handful that kind of, to me, were really exceptional. What about, what about you, man? I've been dominating the conversation. What, what's, uh, what's on your list? Are you well, we had a, 
we had a couple in common there, like Dead Bo- that Dead Boys uh, brief Susie Moon show. Yep, that yep. was that would definitely have been in my top five. The you had Black- never seen the you had never seen the briefs either, right? I, I no, I did. I had seen the briefs. They oh, you played. Did? Yeah, they had played um, one of the early early Riot Fests. Okay, when they were still when it. it was still being done at the Congress. Okay, uh, Naked Raygun did a warm up gig the night before at okay. uh, Subterranean. And they announced, and the, the, it wasn't announced on the bill, but special guests, the briefs had been playing at the Metro that night, and they came and did this, a set at the Subterranean at this mm. Naked Reagan show. So that was amazing. So, um, yeah, that was the second time I'd seen the briefs. But so that was that was definitely on the list. Um, that Black Flag Dickies show, again, just not because of the performance by any means, but just because it was such a. a f- fucking weird weird fucking time right that probably makes the list um i saw the zero boys zero boys at reggie's oh, i missed that one that's um, right they're so good yeah and the poison boys opened up that night and on that big stage at reggie's they were fantastic too so that's that would probably mm. be i don't know number three or something that was a really really good night um i went up to mchenry and I saw the Capcom Heroes, Zoonoids, oh, Teenage Bottle Rocket, Sack. Right. No, Sack. Oh, Sack, Sack, yeah. Sack. I saw them at the Epic Deli up in. Now that uh, was yeah, that's right. That was real good too, huh? Yeah, that was real good, and it was real good. The bands were good. It was I think my second time seeing Zoonoids, and they were great. Capcom Heroes were always great. Um, it was just such a weird venue because it was at a deli, but also there was being out in the sticks like that. There was none of the weird. Uh, posing kind of thing that happens in Chicago sometimes. Everybody was just so cool, and it was just like almost like a family event. It was. Just... Didn't you miss the homeless all over the place? I did. Yes, that was another thing. Yes, I I didn't have to step over uh, homeless uh, homeless people and watch over feces people. on the sidewalk. Yeah, I didn't have to do any of that. So, and it was cool because you know I knew a lot of the people there and the bands and the and you know and Bill etc. That makes from, a huge. That makes a huge yeah, difference. Like there was it? lots of there was it's lots the com- of great, the camaraderie. Like when yeah. we were young, man, when you go to a show and you know everybody. Yeah, that's always. Yeah, and great. Alan was there and gave me a bunch of stuff. So it was a, that was a, that was a good night. Uh, I'll tell you what, one, the, another one that you missed was, uh, I think it was in April, uh, Ravages played the small side of Reggie's. Yep, played yep. The boss with Susie side, Moon. With Susie Moon. Yep. Um, and I think that was the one where Susie actually came up and talked to me and uh, me and Lydia up on the roof, which is we were having some dinner up there, and she just came and hung out with us for like 20 minutes, so that was awesome. That's but, cool. But uh, it was great because the Ravages were absolutely fantastic, and seeing them on that tiny stage... You know, on the boss side there, we could uh, pretty much just walk right up to the stage, no yeah, security or anything. That yeah. was that was that was just awesome. Um, but then, yeah, you won't guess my my best gig of the year <laughs> was actually, uh, you know, it wasn't punk at all. It was punk adjacent, I guess. Was that when I went to see Suede and Manic Street Preachers? Just recently, Chicago Theater. Yeah, Suede were. You talked about um, going to see a band and they make their hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Suede were like that for me. Suede were just oh, that's fucking, cool, man. That's they were just good. fucking fantastic. Uh, he was the singer was just so into it, and I didn't imagine they'd ever be that powerful in performance. Um, huh. And I've been listening to the songs for twenty odd years, and it was just amazing. Oh, almost but you never, years. you'd never seen, it. never you seen, seen him. Or... I never thought no. I'd be able to get a chance to see him. So seeing some of those songs off the first album, like Metal Mickey and stuff, was just it was fucking awesome. So that would have been my gig of the year. Even though yeah. you had to, even though you had to be corrected of all the erroneous information we put out there on uh, <laughs> those manic street preachers, right? Apparently, yes. That's why we have to go on Twitter. We're constantly spreading misinformation. Yeah. But uh, yeah, unlike unlike someone that's been on recently, I really don't care. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We we embrace our mistakes and say screw it. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. We're entertaining you guys for free, so suck it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Suede was the gig of the year for me. Uh, how about you? Interesting. Which, which one was number one for you? Yeah, it's you funny. I, I I don't. I, you know, I might put that Dead Boys one at the top of the year. Maybe the Circle Jerks. Those were probably strong contenders. But probably um, just for the just for the whole day. day yeah, long just for the event, whole, whole right? experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and you know, like the the Dead Boys thing too. We went shopping with Susie Moon for a little bit beforehand. Well, that's right. and her yeah, band we did. And yeah, stuff. there was that, that was whole thing. Yeah, that was a whole that was a whole day, man. That was a. This is like the Doctor Disc episode because yeah, he's been he's been a great great friend to us, and we uh, <laughs> so he's really play, he's opened doors to us. That that uh, that. That Goldmine magazine, I hadn't thought about it for a hundred years, but man, they, they they still have some powerful connections in the business, as far as I can tell. So yeah, they must do. Yeah, I mean, cool. people like being in a in a print magazine, I guess. Bands <laughs> may still like that, right? I mean, I got a kick out of it with having our pictures in there, Neil. Yeah, for sure. No, it's awesome. I think that I don't know because there was a couple of shots of us sort of standing around in that article he did about the Susie Moon shopping, but I don't know if that was online or if that was in the magazine or what no i'm not sure actually but i know it was definitely online but it might but yeah be it was a, nice it little, nice little write up. yeah it was it was nice, it was little, nice, to nice little name drop it really had nothing to do with us but we got a nice little name drop in there so yeah you looking disinterested in the store exactly <laughs> well you know and, and i told the story because the record store was, was pretty cool i mean it was you know it was it was a cool record store i had no issues with it but but Dr. Disc loaded us up with stuff before we went in there. I had so many, I had like a sack full of records. I'm like, kind of uh, probably, uh, you know, stopped me from spending money there, even though I, I it was a D cracker. There was a D cracks record there I should have bought. I should have bought, but oh well. Maybe next time. Talking of records, what have you bought recently? Oh, yeah, no, you, know, you, what. you know what? You should play a song. Play a song. I should. What else am I playing? You're playing uh, Poison Idea. Poison idea. The badge. Right? Um, we had Jeff Clayton on recently, of course. Uh, Annie Scene's one of these sort of fixture bands on TKO. And he actually made an introduction to the guy who runs TKO Records. His name is Mark. I can't remember his last name. You know, I know TKO Records pretty well. But, yeah, like I said, his name is not really super familiar to me. I feel like uh, our buddy from uh, Garage Rock, uh, Richie, might have – Offered to make that introduction for us too. I think so too, and it's always amazing. He's an so interesting well. guy, and so we're looking forward to it. Anyway, in a flat, in a sneak preview of, of an episode that will likely be coming in January, I was thinking about TKO Records and the kind of their big staple artists over the years have been uh, Annie Scene and the other one that I love, and I know they're working on putting out all these albums, and they're really doing deluxe versions of the Poison Idea albums. So I sort of just randomly picked a. Poison Idea song. This is from uh, Feel the Darkness, which I think is generally considered their best album, even though I read an interview with Jerry A where he basically said that this was just thrown together at the last minute. <laughs> so, and the other interesting thing, Neil, this song was covered by another band that I'm sure is a favorite of yours called Pantera. <laughs> yes, I, I'm a big and Pantera. And he's having those weird, like, I can't remember if it was a 12 inch or a 7 inch single where you ever see those like the ramones did one too where where like ramones will do their single on one side and then like the buzzcocks will do like the ramones song on the other side or oh because i know this i know there is a version there's a seven inch i think it's seven inch picture disc with poison idea doing the badge on one side and pantera doing the badge on the other so we're going to spare you hmm. even though pantera is having a reunion which is sort of an interesting story in itself but we're going to spare you the pantera version but this is poison idea the badge. 
stuck on this. Poison Idea with the Vag. I mean, badge. I am a big Poison Idea fan. <laughs> you know, you said you just really never got into him, huh? I know. I've tried numerous times. It's one of those bands that people rave about, and I've tried to listen to them, and I just can't get into them. Uh, huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that. But there's some bands that are like that, you know? Like people used to yeah. rave about XTC, and I'd try and listen to XTC, and I just could not get into them at all. 
No, I've talked. We've talked about that too. Like bands, there's bands that I respect the heck out of, like the Minutemen and stuff like that. I just don't like them. I right. just don't. They don't do anything for me musically, you know. Yeah, the Minutemen. Exactly. So, the Minutemen are another it, one for me as well. Yeah, it's all. It's all good. It's yeah. all good, man. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that TKO catalog had so much great street punk. Yes. Uh, I think you'd be. I think it, and and some of those bands went to Pirates Press later on. And I actually want to ask him about that because if you remember when we had the Skipper on, he had worked at TKO. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where he came up. So I wonder if it's like a friendly or if they have a rivalry or I guess we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> stay, like poach- stay tuned, kids. You will find out poaching, at some point. Poaching, ban- poaching bands from one another. Because one thing is one not afraid to do is up- upset our guests. <laughs> exactly. Ask them awkward questions. Yes, Make- indeed. Um, Sometimes accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes sure. not. Yeah. So, anyway. so I wish I could remember what I wanted to talk about a long time back. I swear I had something really good, and I just it's just gone, gone forever. Just gone forever. Yeah. So did I yep. do? I did my top five gigs of the year. Yeah. I mean, but I yeah, I went to see. It was an interesting year. So yeah, some bands I thought I was going to enjoy, like Amel and the Sniffers, I didn't enjoy at all. And then um, I went to see a couple of bands I'd forgotten until I looked at my calendar. I'd forgotten that I went to see Avenues and Jerk play at uh, Oh yeah, yeah, Liars Club. Um, I'd completely forgotten about that. And I think I saw... No, no, bands that you saw repeatedly through the year. Um, I think I saw Poison Boys four times, maybe, in 2022. Mm. The most out... The mo- the weirdest one was probably that gig, that free gig they did at Delilah's, uh, shoved in a corner by the bathroom. Ah, uh, yes, when that, you almost got beat up by jocks. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put it quite like that, but yeah, something like that. Um, so I, think I, I, saw, saw, I, I saw Flatfoot three times this year. Which right. is a lot. I saw Tossers. Well, but like I said, I saw a lot of the bands I saw where I was seeing for the sixth, eighth, tenth, twelfth, fifteenth time, you know? Yeah. Over the course of years, of course. So I think I saw Susie Moon three times this year, and then twice twice in December. So I've seen him five yeah. times in a twelve month span or something. You guys are common law married in Texas. <laughs> yeah, actually I'm good friends with uh good friends with Drew now, actually. Yeah, they're good dude. They're good. Yeah. They're uh they're good they're good folks, man. Yep. The Susie Moon band are good folks. Yep. The whole, the whole shebang, and then we I forgot. Do, we should do like a haunted something with them. I want to, I want to do some, do a Ouija board with them or something next oh, time we see them. And then I forgot. I went to, I went to the first night of T1 Fest as well. Oh, that's right, that's yeah. right. Capcom Heroes, uh, Zoonoids, the Putts, Direct Hit. Uh, I think Nerf Herder maybe. Uh, yeah, I hope that works out next year because they, they had actually kind of talked to us about being more involved with that. Yep. So if it works, it just didn't work out. I can't remember if I had to work or, oh, my son graduated high school. It was like right up, like around like that time or something. It was June, right? And they changed the date once, I know. Yeah. I think, so, yeah. well, yeah, it's funny because we were talking to Heather, right? Because yeah, like she, she was, was going yeah. to come in and they moved it on her. Yeah. Well, maybe she'll come in next year, you know, because she's out east and our chance of meeting her in real life or, you know, even though we've all been friends online, it would be cool if she'd come out. Yeah, um, for sure. So, well, it'd be cool if we go to Punk Rock Bowling because I know there's some West Coast people who we'd love to have a chance to hang out with, too. I just I just don't know, Neil. I just I don't know what's going to – I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that this year or not. I think I am going to do Punk Rock Bowling for sure. Even if I go by myself, I think I'm definitely going to go. So You go by yourself. You go watch, like, two bands play and you just sit in your room the whole time. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I don't, sleep. I, don't, I don't go to any of the after shows is the thing. Well, you know, it, the reason – you know, I would love to go to the after shows. Because that's too fucking late. Shows, you know the funny thing? You should just sleep all day and just go to the after shows. Skip this outside nonsense. <laughs> See, here's what you don't understand about me, though. I can't. I wake up at 5 and I'm done. I'm, well, I can't headline, go back to sleep. 
That's about the time the headliner goes on. <laughs> yeah, so just just stay up the whole time. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because well, the reason we didn't go to any of the after shows is because we had our wives with us, and it, or you know, Scott and I had our wives with us, and so we left them alone most of the day. So it's like, well, at least we can get together and have late dinner or catch up and have a couple of drinks at the end of the night. So I would have felt pretty bad if I would have been. Well, there's that, but I'm also not going to a show that doesn't start till midnight. That's just not happening. Mm. Sorry, Bo- boomer punk. I guess. Or punk. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. if I'm if I'm awake at three thirty in the morning, I'm probably making time and a half. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I get that. If I'm awake at three thirty in the morning well, I go home. Um not that was a so joke. Anyway, there was yeah, a joke yeah, though somewhere I fucked it up. I uh we've been kinda asking the rest of you is what your favorite uh and I know we had a couple of comments on what the Oh well, favorite, well favorite I'll tell you what. Well, when we do our top ten albums of the year, we'll do that next year because oh, next 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 week or whatever when, when we record our top ten albums because I don't have any of that at hand. But well, what I, I'm, I'm looking up right now because very few people told me their told us their favorite live shows, but there were a couple. So I'm gonna see what I can. Anyway, well, I tell you what. If you're looking at if you're looking at that, I'm going to read it. We got a really good letter um, oh, yesterday. Yeah, go, go as a matter of fact, I'm going to read matter of fact, that. Neil. You you read that letter. I'm going to pee and find this other information. You go ahead and well, I'll read, tell you what. Read, I'm going to read away, buddy. I'm going to play a song first, and then I'll okay. read that letter. Sounds so um, I am going to play another band that actually I'd heard of, but I'd never listened to before. And this was another English band that uh, Ben had suggested, and okay. the band is Hang uh, Hung Like Hanratty. Oh, now I see them at all the festivals and stuff. Yeah, it hung like handwriting. And they're they're Hanratty. like a, they're almost like Peter, a new Peter and a test tube. Well, not they're not that uh, new, like but comedy, huh? yeah, it's like comedy punk. Very much. Dude, what is it with these English bands trying to be funny? Like that other band you turned me on to that we're probably going to have on too. Oh, yep, Jeffrey Icott. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, these guys are they're funny as fuck. They very politically incorrect too. So. Um, yeah, so thanks, Ben, for turning me on to these guys, because I think they're fucking hysterical. And this song is about um, homeless junkies you see on the street. And this song is <laughs> What's called... What's not funny about that? This song's called Overdose and Die. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. 
All right, that was Hung Like Henretti with Overdose and Die from their first album, which, uh, from like 2014, I believe, that had a pig on the cover. I can't remember what it's called. Um, anyway, uh, while Tom is... Uh, taking... I was going to say, I'm going to leave you your yep. leave your own devices. I'll be back in just a Yeah, while Tom is taking care of business over there in the bathroom, I'll read you this letter from our good friend David. Um, David Henning. Uh, we got it yesterday. So he says, Gentlemen... Tom and Neil, how are you fellas doing? Just an update to let you know that I have completely caught up with all the old episodes, and I'm currently on 204. I've gotten through the retelling of the horror in Des Plaines. Holy shit, sounds like a nightmare. I can't blame Tom for falling asleep during the show, because I've done that once too. It was at a Journey concert in 83. Well, now I understand why that would be. I'd smoked way too much, and it was Journey. The funniest part of the story of your night was the guy who called Tom disinterested and Neil insufferable. Neil went full old school English accent with, what have I ever done to this cunt? Fucking hilarious. There you go. Um, as I said, I have caught up with the old ones, which brings me to the topic of censorship. I recently listened to the Godoy twins and the episode, uh, episode after censorship, COVID and critics. I love the twins and their complete lack of having a PC filter. If you didn't like what they had to say, then it's simple. Just don't listen. Do not dictate what I can't see or hear. They, the Godoys, and also Jeff Clayton, who you just had on, are the true embodiment of what the scene should be. Punk rock was meant to be a spring-loaded attack, not only on society and government, but guerrilla warfare on the music industry as a whole. So I completely see nothing wrong with either of those guests. Also want to mention that the first time you read my email, Neil said that we were both at the stupid show at the Metro in Chicago. That was in like 86, I believe that was. Neil, you also say that your preferred spot is left front. That must be an English thing because I prefer a front right and was at that spot for that show. Tom also played a Life Sentence song on the Des Plaines episode. My band played with them several times back in the early 90s and got to know Eric, the singer-guitarist, pretty well. He even hung out at his apartment a couple of times. Too bad that he died at a young age, I believe, from a heroin overdose. Also, Tom, I was at the TSOL and Dead Kennedy's show at the Forge with you. Talked to Daryl of the Ball Weevils that night because my buddy I was with, his daughter used to work with him at the hospital. Great guy and a great show that night. Once again, keep up the great work. One of these days, I'll send you one of my band's songs. It won't be to Neil's liking, but it should be up Tom's Alley. Kind of metal crossover recorded in 1990. Until next time, see ya, Dave. So thanks, Dave. Thanks for writing in. That was a that was a great email. Covered a lot of different things, including the censorship thing. Which, uh, yeah, I would. You know what? I would love to get on Tom. Who I'd love to get on. I'd love to get Dwayne Peters on because I think he's one step further than the Godoys are. But uh, into mental illness. Uh, he, he, he seems better now than he was. I think he's. I think he's because I know he he took a, a hellacious crack to the head skating a few years ago. And I think it really fucked up, fucked up his marbles, I think. But he hmm. seems to be a bit more normal now. And he can actually talk very intelligently on uh, what punk was like in the 80s versus what it is today. And the same for skateboarding. And uh, what's sad about him, man, if you don't know that much about skateboarding, Dwayne Peters was a complete legend. He pretty much does lots of moves he he created in like the early 80s and stuff. And uh, complete legend, master of disaster. And... Uh, He's basically having to sell his belongings to make rent. It's it's sad. It's a sad thing. Hmm. Whereas Tony Hawk is a fucking multi millionaire, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, if not hundred millionaire. Yeah, so it's just a it's just a weird thing how you know make some of the different decisions in your early life. Well, and, listen, uh, like the God always said, and I this is really stuck with me. I'm, I'm a simple man, but sometimes things stick with me. And uh, the you know the God always reminded us that you know the fact of the matter is they you weren't selling skateboards to kids you were selling skateboards to their parents and tony hawk could sell that image and i have no problem with tony hawk i have no bone to pick with him but the fact of the matter is you know the guys were too scary for your mom yeah right Dwayne peters was too scary for your mom yep tony hawk was a clean-cut american kid he looked like johnny from the karate kid you know <laughs> yeah he did. he did yeah he did yeah so uh, anyway yeah and that that is you know once again we you know, we've made a lot of jokes about the generational differences in in punk, but you know, there's there's I, you know there's some real I have some real concerns with some of the kids' attitudes about things, and they have real concerns with ours. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah, arguing with someone on uh, YouTube last week about that very same oh, thing. You know, stop arguing with people online. Well, I have to. When someone says something stupid, I have to call you him on it. To. In fact, it's too short, man. I was, uh, yeah, it was a Dwayne Peters video, as a matter of fact, and he was saying some of his, you know, saying some of his truths about how, you know, punk rock used to be this anarchic thing where you challenge everything, and now everyone's just going along like blind sheep. And uh, someone took exception to to him and said, you know, punk was always left wing. Punk was this. Punk was that. And I was like, no, no, it wasn't. Punk I think do the whatever punk might the have always you... been punk might have always been left wing, but left wing ain't what it used to be either. You know well, what I mean? Well, there was that, but there's played two different uh, schools of thought, right? There was yeah, uh, there was the Clash, yeah, definitely left wing, but then there was most bands didn't give a shit. Yeah, I was definitely, I always definitely leaned more towards the apolitical style bands. I always liked those more in general. And then you had some bands like Crass who were like left wing, right wing doesn't make a fucking bit of difference because yeah. it's all the same bullshit. Which well, that's, I, guess I think is that true. is I think that is part of what bothers me about modern day punk is they've just settled for like sort of mainstream leftist politics. Yep. And that was never the never the solution. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I people say like you know, a punk could never vote for Donald Trump, and I don't disagree with that. But I don't think they would also vote for Hillary Clinton. You know what I mean? I don't think there's I think there's problems enough problems with both sides well the good news is that you'll be able to vote for joe biden again it looks like it looks like he's gonna There's run no again way, right <laughs> it looks like it's what Dude, he, he can't even have a debate <laughs> what he was saying yesterday him and his wife are getting ready to run again in uh in 2024 Dude. so there's no way, right? There's just no way. I think he'd be like 83 by the time he's out well, of he office if he does that. Well, I mean, and once again, I mean, you know, we've gotten this horrible situation where people feel like they need to choose a lesser of two evils situation, but right. come on. You can't be super satisfied with this guy's performance, I wouldn't think. It's it's weird, right? This this situation like of this with this basketball player Oh, boy. Don't get me started I mean, on that. We literally traded a dangerous arms dealer for a basketball player? I, I just I don't know what's going on, Neil. I mean, it's horrible that, you know, it's horrible to be – I'm sure it's horrible to be in a Russian prison, but by the same token, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just weird. It's a weird, weird situation we're in here. And we have this situation now where this – president of ukraine was people's times times man of the year and well the way he's stood up to the russians is certainly admirable and he's really rallying his country but he's the fact of the matter is the way he runs his own country is you know concerning so yeah. it's just it's bizarre what's going on it's just bizarre that anybody i, I don't know man 
weird weird alliances you know when the right's in charge left's anti-war when the left's in charge the right's anti-war i i it's, it's right and you know and our, who's it's our old, enemy yeah. our, our enemy old. one decade is our friend the next decade yeah, when they're exactly. in, when they're fighting somebody else right it's just exactly. always well yeah so the, the fact is. of the matter is we know the guy who in the ukraine is not such a great guy but he's west friendly that's what it comes down to right right so what's in our best interest not necessarily the poor bastard who's going to work every day in the ukraine's best interest and that's the weird thing right they've been going this war's been going on for eight months or whatever meanwhile the average joe like us i assume has still got to go to work uh i would imagine yeah i don't know yeah. it's a strange they situation. Like I, said, sewers, I, I, I do think the ukraine is definitely i mean you know if you got to choose between putin and zelensky or whatever the guy's name is yeah he's the good guy but i don't know that he's like i said i don't know that he's running his country in an admirable manner otherwise it's kind of a thuggish dictator type but anyway whatever have you been watching a lot of the world cup my friend i'm guessing oh, you know i'm you know i'm glued to it <laughs> i'm guessing That's i'm odd. guessing you haven't watched a second no no <laughs> Eh, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting, uh, it's been an interesting a, thing. Yeah, the who's, final. Who's still alive? Uh, the final is Sunday. It's Argentina, France. Wow, the two great world powers, Argentina and France. <laughs> well, you know, it's. Uh, it is funny though, because you get a country like Argentina, which I don't know, maybe they're not a third world country. I don't mean to insult Argentina. It's a beautiful country, but they can compete with you know England and you know their last man standing. Yeah, population. You know, I mean, yeah, I suppose. You know, well, and yeah. obviously, they take their soccer very seriously. Yeah, take it very seriously, and it's their it's their main sport in the country, right? So, well, that's uh, I always say to my American friends, most of my American friends have the same attitude about soccer as I do. Is we just couldn't care less about soccer. It's we didn't grow up, at, and once again, but you know, like there's eight billion people on this planet, and like six billion of them are into soccer, right? Or seven billion. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's been watching TV the last the last month. Uh, I did enjoy watching it, and and especially in the early group stages when it was games every day and teams you don't normally see. So I I did find that entertaining. But once it gets into the quarters and the semis, and it's the it's the old favorites, you know, playing in all those hmm. all those games. Yeah, I, I just same. yeah, I, I, I'm definitely not a fan. I don't care what other people are into. It's just not just not my thing. But you know, I get it. So a lot of people find baseball boring, and but I grew up, you know, studying the game or whatever. And yeah, yeah. My, uh, you know, my my son graduated last year. He and I yesterday went and watched our high school team wrestle, the one that he just graduated out of. Hmm. Kind of missed uh, sitting there in those uncomfortable bleachers, watching those <laughs> in a sweaty young, gym, watching those young boys <laughs> half dressed roll around with each other on the mat. <laughs> All right, that sounds good, Tom. Well done. <laughs> All right, why don't I play another song? This yep. has gone off the rails. This was supposed to be an episode about our favorite gigs of the year, and I think we've de dedicated about ten per two percent of our time to that. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yes, but yes. I mean, we talked about it to death when they happened, so I suppose it's it's all good, right? I want to know something I was asking you about. But we can talk about it again. I was asking you what albums you bought recently, but um, oh yeah, that's yeah. okay. Play Dude, a song. I have such a pile of records here. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to divest. The new year, send me your name and address. I'll send you a record. That'll be a, I'll send you a sticker and a record. Yeah, the bad news is it's going to be a floppy disk. It's going to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freaking floppy. Flexi, I mean, I mean flexi to floppy. Exactly. I just, Neil, my, it's it's just so much. I just, I'm sorting through my stuff. I've been, first I did my CDs. Now I'm going through my seven inches, which when I get done talking to you, I'm probably going to try to finish the seven inches and just make sure I got everything in Discog so I can sort of look at it and say, what am I doing here? What am I going to get rid of? And what am I going to, hmm. 
but it's very uh, tedious. But the the anal retentive nature of organizing, like I said, sort of satisfies a similar thing to buying. So, yeah, I get that. I get that completely. So, well, I just I just need to know what I got here, and I, I need to thin my CDs out quite a bit. But they're not worth anything, so it's the motivation is kind of low, you know. Yeah, you know, mine are just packed up in uh, plastic boxes in the garage. Did you never? Uh, oh, you never put them up when you moved. Uh no I no I would never I would never bring and CDs you didn't have up. that many you only had a couple hundred though I don't know how many I have four hundred maybe someone like that I know it's probably not that many compared to you but but all I you don't... have are, I mean all of them you have are stuff you can probably listen to some but you probably don't have on vinyl um but I can stream. I can stream them all that's the thing I don't understand I why people still buy CDs when if you want digital just stream the fucking thing well yeah get... but you 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 appreciate the art of ownership plus it's much better for the artist. I don't know. Is a CD? I don't know. CDs are just a pain in the ass. I just don't like them. Yeah, they're convenient. And they sound better. They are a huge. They don't pain in the ass. see again. Yeah, bring you up to listen well, to my, listen to my new stereo. Talk, it does well, not sound again, better. We talked about this before. It depends when it was recorded, how it was recorded, all that. Look, anyway, yeah, your CD all right. Is, I'm playing another song. You know, yeah, remind me what other song I'm playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JFA. Oh, JFA Preppy. I don't yes, know why. Sir. I just, I just, it came up random on my Spotify. You know that streaming service that yep. screws the artists over. Yeah, but it's so handy, and it makes it so easy to listen to music. Well, I mean, but that... it is nice at work, because I'll listen to, I'll put on, you know, I like to listen to whole albums because I'm a geezer, right? Yep, yep. So I'll put on Queer's Love Songs to the Retarded, or Misfits Walk Among Us, or whatever. Or if I'm feeling a little more aggressive, I'll put on, you know, Master of Puppets or something. And then when it's done, it'll start playing random stuff. So this song kept popping up, and I didn't, couldn't really remember what it was i knew the song but yeah this is jfa preppy it kept propping up my number one song that props up no matter what i listen to if i'm listening to punk when the record i'm listening to runs out silver bullet by the briefs plays i swear <laughs> every other time interesting i love the song it's a great yeah, song it's a great song. Still bob seeger right now so anyway all right this is uh because you know preppy preppies are lame oh yeah i'd have to explain what a preppy is because people don't even know what that means anymore People listen to us, do they're old geezers? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, maybe people in Europe and stuff don't. So a preppy was uh... he's really stylish, like mall people, right? I mean, I'm supposed to be someone who paid attention to school and got good grades and stuff like that. Was a preppy, right? And then they dressed a certain way in college and stuff. See, and, I thought uh, it was more the, the dress than necessarily being good grades or whatever. I think, the, dre- I think the dress thing came out of that for sure. Like they dressed like a preppy or whatever. Yeah. But there was someone who paid attention in school. And oh, you well think it was like the good, the good kids. Good kids. Yeah. 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 yeah, okay. yeah. Anyway, this is JFA, the great Jody Foster's army surf punk band from, uh, I don't know, Arizona, right? Arizona. Yeah. Skate punk band. Yeah. Skate punk. Yeah, not much surfing in Arizona? <laughs> not much. No. All right. So this is JFA preppy.
All right, yeah, JFA there with Preppy. And that might actually be the first time that we've ever played JFA. I believe it is. Huh. Did you ever see them? I never did, no. See, I, I mean, they, they, they play the West Coast still occasionally. They're still kicking around, but I don't know if they ever toured while I was going to shows, but they, maybe. They toured a couple times in the mid-'80s, but I never liked them that much. I have That song is great, and they have their yeah. very first EP, actually. It's one of my most rare singles, actually. Blatant. That Beach, beach Blanket Bong Out's good. I mean, yeah. they, had, they, had, they had some good stuff. The Blatant Localism single, that first EP, is really, yeah. is really good, but then yeah. they really changed it up on their first first couple of albums and they went more almost like jazzy and it just wasn't my thing what about their all. cover of lowrider i was i was hoping to have seven seconds and instead i got some weird jazzy bullshit so. well they, i mean that wasn't i don't think that defined their sound though i mean that was that might have been a little diversion but uh boy i'm reading this book right now neil we'll have to talk about this later is the monstrosity uh dr disc once again dr disc today's episode sponsored by dr <laughs> Which which book is it? It's called We Can Be the New Wind. And oh, that's it's, about seven seconds? No, it's about all these punk bands who ended up going like uh, kind of selling out and going, not selling out, but going like all oh, the more melodic like indie rock sound. Oh, when they tried to be you too. Yeah. But dude, it's it's got to be, it, you you. this is a book like if you're reading it in bed and you fall asleep, it would break your nose if you dropped it. It must be like 800 pages. Wow. And it's written by this Greek guy and it's very poorly edited <laughs> and the English is really hard to read. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> but it's it's sort of compelling, but it's basically just like if you or I wrote this humongous book the size of a dictionary where we just talk about like three, four pages about all the bands we like. And it's real repetitive, but it's – and half the bands, more than half the bands, you've never even heard of. Hmm. But it's just an odd – I mean this guy – I can't imagine who published – who decided to publish this thing. Interesting. But yeah, I read – but it's really short like – you know, it might be three, four pages about each band. So if I go to bed and I'm tired, I can read one chapter before I – not even – there's no chapters. It's just straight bands, and it's like no margins. It's just like the whole page is full of, full of writing. It's, That's so weird that he could get a 800 pages out of that. Dude, like, it's like it was written by like the Unabomber living in his shack or something if he wrote a book about punk rock. But like what was what were some of the bands that he was mentioning? Well, Seven Seconds, of course, was in there and Axe and – but a lot of like the, the Paisley Underground bands are in there and just uh, – huh. it's just – it's just all over the place. Like I said, the guy's Greek. So it's just such a different perspective. And the language is so awkward. And the English is so I, – I, I have to – when it's done, it's got a great got great cover art. But it's – it's uh, yeah, that's what I'm currently working through. I'll probably still be reading it you know, when we, come, when we do our year-end wrap-up next December year. December 2023, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Well, yeah. you've, you've really given that a good <laughs> – well, it's a bizarre, good recommendation. It's, it's, oddly, it's oddly compelling, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's called "We Could Be the New Wind." Hmm. So anyway, I don't we know that where you would find this thing. Uh, I saw them on that tour, actually. Did you? Yeah, that was. They weren't music. very good. That was the second time I'd seen them. They well, it, good. That that's an interesting topic in itself because you look at a lot of these bands. You know, I was big in this too. A band would change their sound a little bit, and you'd turn your back on them. You'd be like, "Oh man, this is this right. sucks." And then now you look back and you're like, you know what? It actually was pretty good, but it was, it was in a weird headspace at that time. But it was also, though. That wouldn't yeah. allow me to let that band grow, you know? Well, you can, you can think it's good, but it also is bad when it's clear that they're changing their sound just to try and have a hit. Like the record label or something would get in their heads and they would change well, their yeah, but, sound but, completely. But Seven Seconds was never on a label. They were still putting out their own stuff. They just I think they were always kind of hippies. So what did they you know what I mean? sound like you too? What the fuck was the deal with that? 
I, I don't know. I mean, did they think they were going to have a big hit on BYO record? I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I think know. it's just. I think what it is, you know, it's it, you. It's once again, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, maybe they were trying to get picked up by a major. Because if you're ACDC, people are like, you make the same record over and over again. But if ACDC tried to make a different record, people would hate it. Yeah, people would viciously turn on them. So it's I it's a you. tough. You know, look look at the Ramones. Even you know they tried to do some different stuff, and those are generally considered their worst albums. Mm-hmm. When they got back to their meat and potatoes, you know, it. it well, they didn't venture it. Way too uh, much. At the time, I bet I bet you I bet you when Pleasant Dreams came out, a lot of people were like, "What is going on?" No, here? End of the Century was more of a thing. Oh than Pleasant yeah, Dreams. Yeah. See, I don't even really like End of the Century, so that's a good. I mean, see, I love I Pleasant like, Dreams. So I like the songs on End of the Century. If you listen to some of the early versions, or like I said, look at the Rock and Roll Rock and Roll High School done by uh, Phil Spector compared to the. One done by the other guy that it's so much better. Right. The Ramones weren't meant to have all that timpani and all that crap, you know. Timpani, yes, sir. But yeah, it is. It's, it's a tough, tough situation when you're a band because it depends, and it depends how artistically uh, sort of ambitious you are. You know, if you actually want to do something different, you might just uh, turn a lot of people off. Yeah, that's why. That's why we don't do anything artistically ambitious, right? Now. We, don't, we don't turn anybody <laughs> off. We just, yes, yes. We just talk and talk and talk. Yeah, boomer punks. Yeah, exactly. Just talk about the same nonsense over and over again. Exactly. Um, well, the good news is we forget what we talk about, so we can talk about it again. And most of the people listening to us are old enough that they forget that we've forgotten. So. Dude, it's funny. It's funny you say that because JD who writes in uh, a lot. Uh, he wrote to me today and said, oh, yeah, you guys should do a live album episode. And I'm like, dude, we did one. <laughs> we did one already. Well, I think he might be a little newer, though, too, right? Uh, I don't know. But you, did you know something? He was the first bass player in Tiger Army. Fuck's sake. Oh, really? The guy who's always commenting on our Facebook page? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. I don't know if I just blown his cover, but yeah. He Welcome was a, aboard, buddy. He was, the, aboard. he was the original bass player in Tiger Army on the That's first... Cool. Their first deep, the first single, which is now worth uh, a shit ton of money, and I have one. Thank you, but uh, yeah, of course you do. Of course I do. Yeah. Playing on your freaking seven hundred dollar record player with the fit fussy. Uh, no, it's like spinal. Lady. It's like spinal up. It can't be played. <laughs> Don't even look at it. it can, Don't even yes, look at yes. It. You can look at it in the plastic for like five seconds, and then and then we'll put it back. When we uh, when we did the uh, the queers exclusive, I mean, I think that was I think that was kind of big for a while i don't i still don't know if it's streaming yet i mean if you wanted to hear that new queer song you had to listen to us but i saw somebody shared our episode on another group and they time stamped where it was i'm like oh you bastards <laughs> but they didn't make any negative comments it wasn't like hey if you don't want to listen to these two knuckleheads just go to one <laughs> it just gave the time stamp of where you had to go to to hear the song you know what did you think of the song i didn't think it was very good um I didn't mind it, but I do feel like it had a little more studio trickery than was necessary. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think it would have been me personally. I would just rather hear like a straight up, uh, just kind of a little bit punked up version of it. Yeah, but punked up cover. Yeah. But that being said, um, you know, this is the that record that Failure Records and Tapes record is the only place you're able to get that. And Queers fans are maniacs, and I, I don't know what their discount count is, but I bet you it's like eighty at least. Hmm. Tons of singles, tons of splits. I wouldn't even try. Mm-hmm. I have all the full lengths. On, I have most of them on CD and vinyl, honestly. But uh, I think some of them I even have like a couple of different label versions and stuff like that. But anyway. Well, Neil, you what I do should, you think? I should play our last song, huh? I should we play wind, last this, song? wind this thing down a little bit. Wind yep. this thing down. Yes. Yep. 
So I'm gonna my There's, last song is off. This is gonna be one of my albums of the year for sure. Um, this is uh, the Black Halos. I have a new record, the first yep. one in years, and the album is called How the Darkness Doubled. Came out just like uh, actually the vinyl just dropped actually um, like a month ago, and uh, it's. Did you excellent. play it on your fancy new turntable yet? I haven't. I actually just got it. It actually just oh. arrived a couple of days ago. I got the. Uh, I, Isn't I, that amazing? See, that's a sign that you have too many records when you get it and you've had it for two days and you haven't played it yet. Well, I mean, I've been playing it like the. It came out digitally, you know, yeah, I, a couple I months ago. I streamed it a couple of times too. Yeah. I, I was trying to get a feel for it. I'm trying to. And I know the Oxys you were talking about, the album is real good too. And I'm trying to kind of. I just, there's just not enough time, you know? Yeah. As I try to get my top 10, I think you and I operate much differently. I think mine is like, if something comes out early in the year, I'm like, oh, you got to beat this to be passive. But I think you really the later albums like you always seem to gravitate towards the ones that come out later on so i'm even i think fresher I'm, in your mind i'm even but i was having a hard time i mean i was going to put some things on my top 10 that i don't think really deserve to be there but now the halos and the oxys are there those two deserve to be there for sure so um i used to do a 20 when i when i was at pong news Jesus. i always did top 20 that's rough and i always pretty much bought everything on the list and i mean for five years in a row i know i bought every single album that was on the list and uh and of course, usually your top five, you end up five years later, you're looking like, oh, I still still really dig those. But once you get towards the bottom. But the fact of the matter is we're only doing a top 10 this year and somebody good's going to get left out. Mm-hmm. And you and I, are, are, we're going to have different lists. There's no question about it. We'll have a couple in common, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll have a couple um, in common. But uh, we, uh, yeah, it'll be, inter- be interesting. So, and did you know that the, uh, see, if you just play, if you stream the Black Halos album, you probably didn't even know, but they do a uh, Lords of the New Church cover, and Michael Monroe. I don't, I do not know a Michael, I, don't, I wouldn't know a Lords of the New Church song if it bit me in the butt. <laughs> well, the song is ready to snap, it's the ninth, it's the ninth song on the album, Okay. and Michael Monroe actually sings it from Hanoi Rocks. Well, that's cool. Yeah. The guest that guess, guess, got away. Well, he, yeah, and he's also singing with the, there's a new a new lineup of Lords of the New Church, and Michael Monroe is singing in place of Stiv. So okay, so how do you? Oh, oh, well, yeah, boy, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Cheetah should give him a call. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> you probably wouldn't do it. They've been, you know, I don't know, I don't know what that. Uh, All right, what's going you know, on one, there? One, one more breaking, one more breaking thing here before Uh-oh. we. Before we go to the last song, no. What did Because there's a, a new, a, I, I assume she's a new listener. At least she's on the Facebook, the new on the Facebook group. Her name is Dana, and she, I, I kind of asked people for their top albums, top shows, or whatever. I said we might share some of them since we were doing our top shows. Yep. Her top five live shows in Detroit, no particular order, which is a bummer, dude. Because I used to go to Detroit a lot more for shows, but I just I've been gravitating towards Chicago lately. But her top five shows for the year. Sincere Engineer with the Rodeo Boys. I don't know them. I, Sincere Engineer is a female front of band. I don't know Rodeo Boys at all. Uh, the Queers with the Randy Bastards. I believe we played the Randy Bastards. Hmm. Uh, Circle Jerks Negative Approach. Yep, that was a good one. Coffin Cats Break Anchor, which, you know, I love Break Anchor. I considered going over for that show. And L7 and Radkey. L7 is great live, too. Fantastic. Didn't we see them Those last women. year at Punk Rock Bowling? Uh, that was the no, that was the Luna chicks. Oh, okay. <laughs> who were sorry visually interesting, but musically not as much. L7's great, dude. They kill. They they just those women crush. Hmm. 
they play like maniacs. They just like reckless abandon. Maniacs. So anyway, and our good friend Mark, actually, that we were just talking about, he went to see Radke at a small bar in uh, in Gainesville and said they were really really good. So yeah, I I haven't listened to them much. It's Me like neither. Three young three young black guys, right? They're yeah. supposed to be pretty cool. Yep. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about, Neil. That top fifty. Oh, that Jesus fucking Christ! List, but that's too much. To, I mean, it's, yeah, we can talk about that when we do our top top list next, oh, next week. So brutal, so bad, so fucking bad. Yeah, and you know what? Even Bro- when you read Brooklyn Vegan can not, suck my fucking nuts. It's not fuck punk. off. No, Brooklyn Vegan is okay for news. Yeah, they can fuck off. But the thing is, they get all these exclusives, all these exclusive vinyls, all these late like Revolver. All these websites are getting their own color. All it's it's, but of course it's like thirty eight bucks. You know for a record or whatever yeah. anyway all right neil play your song let's let these people go back to their lives whatever they're doing yeah uh, this is again it's the uh, black halos off the new record hello, oh, right. doubled. hello <laughs> billy hello billy <laughs> billy hopeless um and this song is called tenement kids <laughs>
All right, Black Halo's there with uh, Tenement Kids. Yeah, that and... that'll be a good that'll be a good thing to stick a pin in, Neil, because all these websites are going to be putting out, you know, top this and that. And like I said, Brooklyn Vegan put out their top fifty punk albums of the year. There's not one legitimate punk album on the list. I would like to take the guy who did that list and punch him in the face repeatedly. Um, and so that'll be interesting. We'll kind of watch that. Or like, you know, like Rolling Stone probably won't do like a top punk list, but these places have no credibility at all. No credibility. They have less credibility than a guy who falls asleep in his seat watching Black Flag. <laughs> actually, that makes it that's that's actually very good. I like that. That's that's very punk so, rock of you. Exactly. Well, yeah. listen, it's been it's been nice catching up, Neil. You could tell yeah. we uh, hadn't had a show where we just blabbered for a while because we just blabbered. But right. We appreciate old listeners, old and new. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, get towards the holidays here and we'll probably, uh, I don't know. I don't know what we'll do. I think we'll probably have another couple of episodes before the end of the year. Yeah. Our gift to you, the listener, is blabbering, blabbering some more. No, it is going to be a little bit different. This, like, normally we have Ricky Frankel on and we all do our top tens, like, all in one show. This year, I think, much like Heather, I think Ricky is going to get his own show. Yeah. And I think me and Tom are then going to do our own show with our top 10 because it, it, we can't yeah. do it justice. We can't do the things justice really and mixing three top 10s into one yeah. two hour show. Well, yeah. and it's 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 funny, too, because I, I, I and I'm probably too lazy and it'll never happen. But I really do like the idea of like a year end awards, you know, like, for example, a category could be. You know, best performance by a band featuring only their original, only original guitar player or something, you know, or something. We could have all these like stupid categories, but like I said, I don't think we'll have time to get it together because I'm uh, too lazy. You can, yeah, I was gonna say you can put that together because that the way Heather was explaining that dummy room one, I lost interest at about five minutes. It was the most complicated thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> well, no, like I said, we could have a category. You know, best performance by a band featuring only their original guitarist. This year's nominees are Black Flag, Dead Boys. And I don't know. I guess that's it. Just those two. Yeah. No, it but buzz buzzcocks, how's that? We got three. Well, we didn't see the buzzcocks. Oh, I just thought you meant they put out an album or whatever. Buzzcocks and I guarantee their performance isn't that great either. But yeah. anyway, all right. All right. You know, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again in the near future. Stay free and keep a little mark in your heart. Or you can listen well, to Mark say that himself in a minute. Exactly. Yeah. We'll see you later. Bye bye. Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom.